Make them laugh, make them sing, make them quote, make them quiz, make them laugh, make them sing. It's Danny Arnold, word and block. He'll make you laugh and you quote and you sing. Yep, I know you're a bit overwhelmed. You're expecting a little one-hit wonder to visit you in hospital, the Football Ramble podcast, but instead you've only got Danny Arnold, word and blog podcasting legend. Oi. Sorry, I wasn't really enjoying it, to be honest. Rude. What do you enjoy, then? You know, like... Topical sports podcasts, like the Football Ramble. You like banter, eh? Well, right, this is going to make you laugh so much. I mean, Seth Barton finds his anecdote hilarious, and he doesn't even drink, right? <laughs> One day, we were we were sat at home doing a podcast on YouTube, and suddenly we got a message, and guess who it was knocking on the door? Sean Williamson. I don't know those. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> your, kid, your kid does not know comedy and does not do podcasts. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> you know. Very good. Alright, well done Danny. Excellent work. Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 6, the final episode for this series of the Wine and Blog Extras Podcast. My name's James and with me, he can sing, he can dance, he's even been shortlisted for awards for Christ's sake. It's Jack. You having a wank? <laughs> I was trying to have a quick one, yeah, but it's like thinking exactly circles there. And he happens to be a very sexual being and he produces an ungodly amount of... Oh, it's Danny. Well, you know... You, you know, I mean, it's his fault leaving his, you know, erotic materials lying around my flat. <laughs> and I know we both went, we all went to that quote. I know, That's right, it. yeah, it's something subliminal in there. Mm-hmm. And Seth isn't here with us today, he's, uh, he's on annual leave, as it happens. Yeah, annual leave. Who proved that? Taking a holiday, you know. Yeah. Yep, off to uh, Barbados. Indeed. Yeah, how the other half live and all that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. Those of us stuck in England with a cost of living crisis, but you know, let's not go into that. Let's not get political on a, a podcast <laughs> about not, word and blog. Let's not yeah, bring yeah. it down. Let's not bring the tone down, Danny. We just started off a couple of sorts like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> you want topical? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want topical, I can, I can give you a topical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're actually listening to us, if you know, nuclear war hasn't actually broken out and you know, Britain isn't a post nuclear apocalypse by this time, then you know. Well done, in a way. <laughs> and also, going by our schedule, like this episode might not be out for like, what, like yeah, three true. weeks? Well, so hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, this will all be untopical by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything will be fine and rosy. We're lucky and everything will be broken up by the time we release exactly. this. Everything will be sorted out in southwest Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and just cover ourselves, uh, if, if it does kick off, that we want to sort of um, pledge allegiance to the, the glorious motherland of Russia. No occupiers. Or is this going to be like the one, like, or is this going to be like the one signal that's going out to the survivors? <laughs> yeah, they're all following. Yeah, yeah. got lost. Very <laughs> yeah. Our podcast. We're well, like twenty-eight days later. They're all like gathering towards this, this, this signal that's just coming out. <laughs> all they can hear is yeah, one and blog for the rest of the time. <laughs> I tell you what, you could do a lot worse. There's a lot worse. There's a lot worse office podcasts, let alone a lot worse <laughs> podcasts than word and blog just pumping out into is the. Is there any worse extras podcasts though? No, we are no, by definition the worst extras <laughs> podcast. I think they, they'd have to have like a DVD of the office and extras with it because otherwise. It just <laughs> yeah. wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Future generations, <laughs> after all the DVDs have speaking. melted into oblivion and all that's left is, is these sort of virtual signals. <laughs> well, at least we managed to get the final episode of Series 2 out before, yes. before it all kicked off. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah. If you're listening to this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you say, this is uh, the final episode of Series 2, the last one before the Christmas special, wraps up the storyline so far, and it's got two pretty big guest stars and one massive guest star. Yeah, well... 
It's kind of like the, the, the big cavalry comes out of it as well. It was kind of like, you know, because we've said about throughout the whole of the extras, they've had kind of like the big Hollywood stars. Like they've kind of got the, the biggest of the big, Ben Stiller, Samuel L. Jackson, mm. Kate Winslet. But then they've also got people that we've discussed, like the Americans who are watching on HBO must have been completely thrown by like, who the hell this is. Mm. And that's what this episode balances out. Because you've got Jonathan yes. Ross and Robert Lindsay who are like English, like national treasures. But have not absolutely not carried over to anywhere outside of England at all mm. or the UK at all and then you've got Robert De Niro who is as Andy keeps saying in this episode acting legend yeah. like one of the biggest actors of all time absolutely and to be honest like um, Lindsay or Ke- uh, Ross uh, Jonathan Ross could have easily had an episode of, uh, in their own right well this is called Jonathan Ross well yeah, yeah exactly yeah. they effectively do I mean Robert De Niro, I mean, you know, great is they got him onto the show. He's kind of a bit of a third wheel in this episode. Yeah, he, he's supposed That's kind of the whole point, isn't yeah, it? But yeah, but and also yeah. he's supposed to be like a get, like a, they kept him as a surprise, didn't they? That's why they called it Jonathan Ross. It's almost reminiscent yeah. of the, what um, Merchant said to us when we talked to him about like how they came on, but they were only supposed to play really minor parts. This yeah. is almost a kind of incarnation of that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. He's literally, yeah. you could argue he's wasted in, in this episode, didn't you mm. know, for just literally sitting in that chair and then being on the end of a phone line, because... Yeah, he doesn't really do anything, but yeah, he doesn't but, need to, does he? I guess there's also, like, I guess there'd be kind of three points to that. It could be, number one, you could say they were trying to keep it a surprise. And if, mm-hmm. they, and if they had him in the whole episode, you couldn't kind of have done the adverts and you couldn't have done the publicity without it being a surprise. So they had to only have him at the end. Number two, they probably only had it. He was like, I've only got yeah, one yeah, day yeah. on my schedule. You can have me for like an afternoon. So do you remember watching it? Was it actually a surprise? Yeah, well, I remember, I, I mean... Yeah, I remember the, the episode thinking they they kept on teasing Robert De Niro like oh if you get right. Robert De Niro and then so that you know by just the just kind of narrative like sense is well at the end De Niro is going to come in but then I was thinking they haven't got De Niro Should, mm. surely they haven't got De Niro so I was kind of surprised when he popped up because I thought they were going to do a jokey thing of like you know like a Roger Moore and Alan Partridge yeah, yeah, where yeah, like yeah, yeah. they keep saying he's there I'm like oh he's just through that door maybe or something but he never he's actually on shows the north up. circular yeah exactly Robert De Niro <laughs> is almost here. Like, or maybe they'd even do a thing like you know because at the end obviously uh, Darren Lamb phones up and he says oh I'm next to De Niro mm. if they, they could have done that on the phone so like you never actually know but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. saying kind of in it but not in it type yeah. thing but then actually when it just and I think that, that's how it's built up like in that scene you kind of you see Darren talking to who you presume is Robert De Niro and you think it's not going to cut to yeah. the other side and show De Niro and then it does and he's just sitting there it's kind of yeah as the audience you're going to go through the same disbelief as Andy I yeah, think. That's yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah but I mean let's face he's not the main narrative thrust of this episode the no. main the main if anything I'd say um, Robert Lindsay is the big star because he absolutely steals this episode he exactly yeah, he really, does. Really, really does. Does. that one scene is kind of like well, yeah. he has two doesn't he, he has two scenes thing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, one, third technically, the second yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, and three technically, if you count when he right, yeah. uh, turns up at the end of the episode. <laughs> like, be off the nurse, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on with it. You bloody get on with it, ignorant. The reason I love this episode is because it kind of um, encapsulates, I think, what the relationship between Ricky Gervais and Jonathan Ross was like at the time. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. This part first, no doubt still is. Because this first scene, when the, you know it cuts straight in, and you've got um, Jonathan Ross and Rick, uh, sorry, and uh, Andy Millman um, being interviewed, but it could so easily be Ricky Gervais. Like when you see some of the early interviews with oh, Ricky yeah, Gervais after Ricky the office Gervais. Broke, and this is, ex- you know, it's carbon copy yeah. of, of, of the exact type of conversation. Well, it's obviously that they filmed. Yeah. It's obviously filmed. For like you know half an hour before he was actually on. Yeah, the pop a change of jumper. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Animal for and minutes. also, yeah, that but that's kind of one thing. That, <clears throat> that's one thing that stands out to me in this scene where it's like he's not really acting like Andy Millman. There's always something about mm. it that you come. It's kind of a bit jarring. You come straight into the to the episode 
and he's sitting there and he's, he's clearly just acting he's like he's comfortable and confident and he's yeah. sort of he's and he's not embarrassed way. about Jonathan Ross talking about yeah. when, when, when things are going blows. wrong yeah exactly. everything seems yeah, to be yeah, going yeah. quite yeah. well for him after what happened in the McKellen episode which yeah. was just before you would have thought that would, we would kind of start and since it's the season finale yeah. he what might happened? be kind of completely at his lowest end in, in real life Jonathan Ross would say to him right what happened at the BAFTAs yeah. what happened at the thing yeah. you don't yeah. like you're I'm surprised I'm surprised they didn't really go for that they kind of just kind of it's almost because you said at the beginning of this episode, but oh, you know, episode six kind of wraps up the wraps up the stories, but it doesn't really. It's almost like its own thing. Well, it doesn't was... kind of because now we've been analysing it. It seems like we've been saying like series two has been every episode has been Andy versus a a different element of like yeah. um, you mm. know something that a celebrity has to deal with. You know, the public or the media or their peers. You know, or the you know the kind of the, the industry. Yeah. And <clears> you would have put, you would follow up, is there? Yeah, you would have thought that would be building towards this big episode six, where no matter what they do with it, it would start with Andy at his lowest ebb, and him maybe kind of, which kind of is what happens oh, in this exactly. series in the Christmas special. Well, that's, but yeah. this episode kind of just you go straight in, and there's Andy on Jonathan Ross, and he's being confident, he's having a good life with Jonathan. Jonathan yeah. kind of brings him into his kind of orbit, so he's kind of you know Andy's kind of back up there, kind of like feeling good about himself. And everything that's come before is kind of just forgotten about. Mm. So it is a bit kind of strange. If anything, it's almost more of an episode about Maggie, this one. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And her relationship with Andy. It's you kind of see the precursor of the Christmas special where it becomes a really rubbish friend and you can see the beginnings of that here because you know yeah. she wants to tell him about that that ridiculous date which you know <laughs> we'll go into and he's because he, I bet he's too wrapped up in his but friendship yeah, with, with, with his, his new yeah, friendship yeah, with exactly, Ross yeah. yeah and it's really interesting because I, I was going to almost pose the question how well does this wrap up the series because it kind of doesn't, doesn't really and it's no. almost like to look at it from the perspective of what it would have been like in the absence of a Christmas special yeah and this must have left the, like people wanting a lot yeah. but I think Maybe they had point, a plan to I think do the Christmas because I think it was kind of widely publicised that like they were going to copy the the office mm. route and go you know two two series and a special. So, so we knew out. this wasn't it. So, yeah. It's not like in at the end of series two of the office where you know Tim had been turned down by Dawn mm. and Brent had been made redundant and, 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 and you thought is that it? it? There's no way yeah. this could end here really. There's nothing. There's no conclusion. It is too. No, but you also did open. think is that it? Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, oh, is that what you mean? I'm like, saying with, with extras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking, yeah. There's kind of just nothing what else. It doesn't really this is tie everything just together. Filler, this is literally just a filler episode where it kind of... Mm. But I'd have, I thought they could... Well, I, th I think... Was it not proposed at one point they could have done a whole third series with more celebrity cameos? I think... Was that idea ever considered? Stephen Merchant said to us they were considering it, but I don't think publicly they've ever said it. I think mm. it was always... No, just no, like that, was, that was the office that Merchant said that about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. talking about extras. Yeah, oh, okay. I think it's conceivable they could have done... I reckon it might have... I think extras is something that could have just kept going and going. I think Jack's right. It, it just feels like they they knew the formula and they were looking to repeat it, right? Yeah. It seems like The Office worked really well with that shotgun six episode six episode special. Yeah. Bang. And then it it's, it feels like a very similar approach, but uh, it doesn't. Yeah, I think having in the back of their minds, if they knew they were going to do that Christmas special, they maybe didn't have the impetus to kind of wrap this one up conclusively. Possibly, maybe. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all conjecture, it's theory, but it feels like that to me. Anyway. It does definitely feel like that, and I think they because obviously they knew they had the kind of the, the, they were going to pull out the big gun with De Niro at the end. Mm. I don't know. I mean, we can talk about it later because if we're going to talk about it chronologically, yeah, but well, it does yeah. feel like they kind of wanted to leave Andy on a high, and they kind of just wanted to. It was a bit of like um, what's kind of just dream coming true for yeah. for Gervais, really. It was like I get to be with De Niro. Well, and actually, that that's quite good exposition in this scene because like the very first scene, talking with Jonathan Ross. <clears throat> kicks off the conversation about De Niro. You can't get De Niro. I'll get you De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the ball starts rolling for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think in this... Because I was saying about how, you know, this episode, this scene has always been a jarring openness for me, especially because 
he's just not acting. Do you guys think he seems like he's acting like Andy? Does this seem Andy-ish? No, I said you? at the beginning. I think it reminds me of, of Gervais and, and, yeah. and Ross, but it's hard because they just have maybe maybe they just have such good chemistry together. Are you a little bit? Because I was, I thought you were married and stuff. Why do you suddenly got this obsession with Gervais? Because I'm G a bit rough, aren't I? <laughs> I? Yeah, it's like when you see Dale Winton out with those rough boys. I'd like to get one of young. That's true. Yeah, and that's obviously what they wanted to get across. And I guess they were thinking because it's like, hard to imagine Milman with that kind of chemistry with anybody. Well, this is that's the thing. The this is the thing. And like, but I guess they were thinking like, well, if if Ricky Gervais in real life is like this with Jonathan Ross, why wouldn't Andy Milman? Or maybe this is a some example of actually where when Andy knows the cameras are on him and he wants to, he can turn it on. He can be charming. Well, we've said before, yeah, he can be charming. And so maybe that's yeah. all it is. Maybe this is just the sort of professional perspective. Of but him. when people, when you get so much criticism, Gervais, for kind of just, oh, he's just his characters. Oh, he's mm. just David Brent. Oh, he's just Andy Millman. When literally, as Andy Millman, he's just literally being Ricky Gervais. Do you know what I mean? And, and acting exactly how he normally would with one of his real life friends. Mm. You can't really defend him from I that think criticism. A, I think there's a difference between having a character that acts like you and you being uh, acting like your characters because he's usually accused yeah. of the latter but to, have a, <laughs> but to have a character that's just got a good rapport with somebody I don't well, think yeah, you can yeah. really get him on that but yeah, but, um, yeah it is a bit jarring it doesn't feel quite like you would expect from Andy but, but yeah <clears throat> you, you kind of you see him go through every kind of possible variation of Milman on this one you see, you see him quite a lot of Brent there's quite a lot of Brent yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's tons and tons yeah. and there's also there, there's, you know, there's him being perfectly pleasant and almost you know, almost like a bit of a preview of the kind of Derek and Afterlife mm. era, which is a base we see later when he's talking to the boy in the hospital and everything. You know, what I mean, you see those kind of like the more yeah. compassionate side, but then yeah. you also in this episode you see him being absolutely horrible sometimes. Like <clears throat> the way he treats Darren in this episode, I think is horrendous. I think Darren deserves really? it. What? Who? The person who doesn't deserve it is Maggie, and the whole kind. Of, I mean, and I think, Maggie as well. I think this episode is more kind of. It's more kind of bringing it back to the roots of the extras, which was about the relationship between really Andy does, and yeah. Maggie, and kind of <clears throat> they kind of this whole this relationship he has with Jonathan Ross throughout the first half of the episode it is really just there to show that because obviously we've seen him be kind of like he's basically been a complete kind of morose, like miserable bastard throughout the whole of series two because mm -hmm. of how bad when the whistleblowers is going. But now that he's mates with Jonathan Ross. He's kind of now he's kind of got a bit of celebrity to cling to. He's kind of getting yeah. up there where he wants to be. Like he's yeah. uh, he's hanging out with one of kind of the biggest kind of he celebrities. He slipped on the, the first few runs, but now he's trying <clears> to get a grip on that ladder, isn't he? And stuff. Yeah, and, and then he completely then shuns Maggie. <clears throat> yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah. It's easy to sort of be distracted in your analysis by the fact that they're good friends in real life. But obviously, you know, this is in the universe of the show. It's um yeah, it's Annie Millman, celebrity. Hobnobbing, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's important to bear that in mind. And also, been having this yeah, he is disclaimer. Not, he, he is not really Andy. <laughs> yeah, don't you see? This is all an illusion. But yeah. The good thing about this, John um, from Rostos, that it gets him into the green room, right? So he gets yeah. to sort of rub shoulders with the, some of the the cream of, of British uh, celebrity, including Robert Lindsay. Yeah, but and the, but oh, this kid and this mum. Oh my! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay. So you know, Robert Lindsay's there talking to Andy, telling him how well he's done. You know, he didn't look nervous. Came across really well. Robert Lindsay, before the mum comes in, seems perfectly normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfectly <laughs> calm, and, and and you know, reasonable celebrity. Uh, the mum comes in and uh, starts making some fairly, I would say. Uh, big assumptions around Andy's time. He's just mad. He's pure Kirby enthusiasm. The bit with the mum, I always think. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny about this is that usually Andy is in the wrong in these. I mean, the, the biggest comparison is when he's when he meets the homeless guy on the street. Yes, and yeah, he's yeah. just kind of being so awkward about it, and he's kind of he's. But at the same time, it's totally relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, of yeah. us, all of us have that thought in our brain. I'm sure, like if, when we imagine ourselves in that situation. 
or thinking, yeah, I'd kind of be thinking that as well. What with the mum? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he's completely he, in the he, right. He's just met her, and like, literally within minutes, she's demanding a weekly hospital visit. And yeah. then, like, <laughs> yeah. then, like, a few minutes later, with him visiting, she's asking him to read a eulogy. Mobile at his number. Funeral. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a bit much. So, yeah, it's a bit much. But... <laughs> yeah, asking for his personal mobile number. Yeah, Imagine yeah, yeah. A big celebrity for his personal mobile number. If I was ill, Which... I would love my mum to be like that. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. You can't. You, she's definitely doing it for her for her kid. Of but. course, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Mil- Milman <laughs> is completely in the right in this. In this, you can imagine, afford it. You can afford a taxi. It's yeah. <laughs> imagine being a celeb. Like, this is why I could never be a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'd be dreadful. If I mean, this wants... is what the, the, Gervais and Merchant go on, especially on the XFM shows, all the time about the kind of presumptiveness yes. of, of the British public. You are when you're a celebrity. By your public. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if anybody interested, incidentally, wants Danny to come and see their kid in hospital. <laughs> Just drop a message to <laughs> at Wernham blog and we can arrange yeah, that. I'll give you his personal cool. mobile number. What's that? Is it 0770 I was going to make that a quiz question. <laughs> oh, that would be ridiculous, Danny. <laughs> I that's too much. Have you got a full number there? No, that's that's the number of Andy Millman, but I don't think Should it's we find it. I don't, I don't Should we find it live on air? I don't, do it, do I don't it. think it's enough digits. I mean, it's, it's been, what, however many years now? Almost 20 years And it's now. not, it's, I'm just looking at it, it's not enough digits, it's not a real number. Oh, it's a number. It's fake. Imagine if he gave someone's real number. <laughs> yeah, that happened on Squid Games, apparently. But really? Yeah, yeah, someone... What, so some poor sob was getting all these phone calls? No, usually there is, there is. I don't know if it's a company or some kind of directory or something of, like, unused numbers that production companies can go to and say we need a phone number can you give me one yeah but I mean you know Robert Lindsay's reaction to this mum as well when she leaves Andy's a bit like oh maybe she was a bit presumptuous there a little bit weird and Robert Lindsay turns on a, on a tie <laughs> yeah. and it's like a bit weird isn't it a bit presumptuous no I mean it's weird she didn't ask me I mean knowing what I can do and how much joy I bring to people well, well maybe she didn't notice me maybe unlikely I think you're going to notice Robert Lindsay in a room worried about this kid though aren't you yeah, no, I'm worried. I'm worried about the kid because if this, you know, so-called mother is uh, making stupid mistakes like that, you know, choosing you over me, then what other mistakes is she making? Is she uh, screwing up his medication? Is she? Is she? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. No, no. It's, just... it's Lindsay that says it first. It's presumptuous, isn't it? Yeah. So you yeah, think, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Lindsay's on Milman's side. I mean, it turns out he thinks it's presumptuous, not because she was asking yeah, him at yeah. the time, but because she didn't go for and he <laughs> does that line. Yeah, I'm a bloody living legend. I think you're going to notice Robert Lindsay in a room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> his little eyebrow. It's so perfect. And that's, when you, so and that's one of those moments, like Chegwin, when he turns to the camera, that you think, right, here we go. This is a celebrity that is that is in with both feet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. he's just completely locked in. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and he, and he, yeah but he's not someone that. like like um, Chegwin who was kind of, or Les Dennis, who were kind of, um, kind of, maybe hoping to use extras to kind of get back on their feet because Robert Lindsay at this point was still in my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggest sitcom, biggest British sitcom in <laughs> Ireland, you know what I mean? At least does go water on Broadway for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of, uh, people forget now because obviously no one talks about my family now, but it was like yeah, yeah, it was massive. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Yeah. It was bigger than like The Office as well. Like it was more, more widely More widely watched. More widely office, watched. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 It would have been the equivalent of, it wasn't as widely hated, but it's the equivalent of like a Mrs. Brown's voice, isn't it, mm. I guess? It's shit. It's a shit sitcom. It's a shit calm. Well, oh, we've sorted that out. So Andy's agreed to go and see this sick kid in hospital, and, and then we're met with the next scene, which is a very kind of sexy, jazzy montage of uh, <coughs> Maggie's date. There's right. been a few of these as well, because I, in my head, I, for some reason, I always like um, split this with the... Yeah. Oh yeah, you're like yeah. a dead horse, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the meaning behind it. It's another one of those seats where, where it's just, it's just, 
put some minge around it. Like, it. It's, it's one of those scenes where there's just like a montage of like Matt, yeah. like Maggie with a guy and if you, you watch, never see again. If yeah. you watch enough Gervais and uh, Merch and stuff, especially Gervais, they do just go for the kind of let's just do a pop a quick montage, put a song over the top of it, and that'll yeah. like, that'll get us from A to B. Absolutely, because there's nothing more you need really from this either. The main bit is that when he brings her back to the house, they're interrupted by what mum and dad friends. and some family friends playing I mean, bridge. Nowadays, this is probably most people back in there though living with your parents over the age of 35 uh, yeah, was still considered your well, that, it's not living with your parents that's the weird bit though it's, it's the fact that you live with your parents and they're like yeah they're just having a massive conversation about shagging yeah I think the fact that <laughs> he, he, every girl I mean does this guy ever get laid <laughs> yeah clearly does this mum do yeah, but, imagine your mum lending someone contraceptives and you come into the house yeah but yeah, like, the, the, the mum seems to be presuming it yeah. does the mum not like ruin it every time no, like, apparently not home? clearly not she yeah. seems to be doing. She, I mean, to be fair, she's you know telling her to have sex with her son because otherwise she'll be seen as a prick tease. Might be seen as, <laughs> especially these days, might be seen as sort of coercive, manipulative. Okay, like, yeah, that, Do you know that, what I mean? This is the sort of thing that end up on the news. That's the boomer generation, though, isn't it? Well, indeed, maybe They're different standards then. <laughs> but going back to what you said, Danny, about how. Uh... Right, you know, now she could be getting reported to the microaggressions portal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. But, Going back to what you were saying about how, yeah, just the fact that he's living with his parents is a bit of kind of like a, a red flag. Back in those days, it was. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think absolutely, in the beginning of that scene, even before the parents open their mouths, Maggie kind of does a double take that the parents are there. Mm, that yeah. is supposed to be a bit of a strange thing. Yeah. And then obviously it just gets worse. And then it just gets so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this scene is, all, is also just pure like sitcom. It's like there's nothing kind of... It's one of those scenes we were talking about before where it's just in there to be funny. It's probably mm. one that uh. at least one of Merchant or Gervais had percolating in their head. Exactly. Like, where can we use it's it? It's just a scenario. Let's just put it in here. Yeah. It's just a really it funny tie scenario. It doesn't story at all. And really well yeah. like acted as well. Like the old boy at the end when he goes, Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I actually laughed, man. But uh, yeah, because of that scene, I know that the pill carries a risk of thrombosis. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, educational. <laughs> I use a cap, don't I, Jack? I'm not Johnny, I'm just to be safe. We want the podcast with no responsibilities. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember, but do we see her leave or does she go upstairs? Like, are we supposed to presume she did know. sleep with him? Because, you know, if I, if I know Maggie, would she just gone ahead with it anyway? I think she would have, yeah. I, also, <laughs> I think she would have. This geezer is the spit of Jimmy Carr as well. I don't know if you noticed that. He looks exactly like Yeah, he does, he does. Oh, like Jimmy. Did he go upstairs and tell her a joke about gypsies and that? <laughs> <laughs> that'll, get, that'll get her out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, then she uh, the next scene she's phoning up Andy to kind of have a try and have a little moan about yeah. her day, and he's still Jonathan Ross. I was going to say he's still in the and green it's, room. So, yeah. so it's the same night. This is what she's been doing while he's been on Jonathan Ross. Absolutely, and, and this is the first setup of Andy basically saying, "I'm really sorry, Maggie. I'm in the middle of a conversation with Jonathan Ross. I'm hanging out with Jonathan Ross. Yeah, I've got more important. I've got more important things. Yeah. Which I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously." When you're a celebrity in that position, the line between friend and professional, because this technically could be considered work for him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, it's it's almost like you I wouldn't take a call when you're at work. In yeah, context, you've got a network, yeah, it's fine. In the context of the show, yeah, you're not supposed to be thinking it's, it's his friend. You're supposed to be thinking, yeah, it's just him being a twatty celeb. Well, is he, though? I, I, I'm kind of on Andy's side on this. I would, I would be, in, I, that would, my mind frame, if, she, if my friend called me in that position, I, my, yeah. my, my frame of mind would be, yeah. I'm at work, I can't yeah, talk. Yeah, I'm networking, yeah, I've, I've got a kind of, yeah. you know, this is But, but, but you're not meant to think that. We're meant to be thinking Andy's, like, crossing a line the there show is abandoning his friend. I the think... show is definitely nudging you to think that. And, and it, it becomes even more clear when he's, He's sat there with um, the woman he upset last week. Yeah, this is the thing. I think that, that the, scene as the well. Bit, that, that the bit in, same more. same point. We can come. We can circle back to that. But the bit in the green room where he kind of like bobs off Maggie when she phones him. It's yeah, just. I, I don't think. I think that's more just supposed to be like. 
a stepping stone, like it's the first thing. Like, yes. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think that he's yeah, not, fine, not in the wrong there, but right. it kind of just gets worse so we'll, and worse. We'll, from he's there. not in the wrong now, we'll see how we feel in a, in a, in a, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, playing with a dog, playing with his little dog is fine because he's busy, <laughs> but when he's just like, when he's just sat there with, um, yeah, when he's getting his makeup done, with the, we still don't know her name. Yeah, we still don't know. You've got the book there, check the book. Yeah, all right, she doesn't have a line, so she won't be in the book. No, she does have lines in there. All right, yeah, Danny's going to look it in the book. Yeah. Jonathan Ross is one of those celebrities as well going back to Jonathan Ross that in extras doesn't kind of send himself up he's acting no. the way you think he's going to everyone knows he's kind of like this nerdy guy who's kind of like into his kind of like Japanese like toys and comics mm. and kind of films and stuff and he does there's certain celebrities who he interviews who he makes very strong friends with Gervais and Gordon Ramsay being two that I can put on the top of my head um, Russell Brand Russell Brand, yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of. You he... your granddaughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry for these terrible attacks. Andrew, Andrew Sags. <laughs> no, but, but he's just kind of yeah, he's just being Jonathan Ross. <laughs> That was plan, just though. on that for a second. That was such a, like, a departure from the kind of family friendly. Because people like yeah. listening who don't like who don't know Jonathan, he's like uh, like Jay Leno, right? He's the sort of well, he's the, like Graham Norton. That's the slot he had. That's yeah, the yeah. he had. But he's like he's he's supposed to, he was fairly family friendly at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then sort of that podcast with that's Russell ruined Br- him. Look, Andrew Sachs, I've got respect for you and your lineage and progeny. Yeah, you never let don't, that be questioned. Don't hint. I wasn't hinting. Why did that come across as a hint? Because you know what you're that talking about. Now, when you were he doing... He fucked your granddaughter! <laughs> 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 oh, that's his answer phone! I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've heard it. I'm sorry, I've heard it. I'm sorry, I apologise. Andrew, I apologise. It's still on the answer... It's on the answer phone! Well, I can't help it. You were talking about it and it was in my head. I apologise. Jonathan! I got excited. What did I say? I'm coming on it your... It just trip. came out. <laughs> Inappropriate and unacceptable. Now Gordon Brown joins the chorus of disapproval against Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross. Their lewd messages about Andrew Sachs's granddaughter have prompted more than 10,000 complaints. Tonight calls for the two stars to be sacked as Ofcom launches an investigation. He was the biggest chat show host in the yeah, country. Much he got, he got all the big stars. After that, obviously, he got taken off BBC. He had to go to ITV. And then BBC replaced him with Graham Norton. Mm. And then all the big American stars, or big English stars, any big stars that had to choose between the Saturday night chat show, they, all they were going to choose Norton because it was BBC. And Jonathan Ross was just left with the dregs. Honestly, for some of the lineup he had, I mean, I used to be like a, a kind of real loyal Jonathan Ross watcher. Yeah. I followed him to ITV. Really? But he just had such shit guests, I just couldn't. It was so depressing. And oh, he's. And, and yeah, he's kind of he's literally never recovered, has he? Mm. And so kind of young people now probably don't even know who he is, but he was great. I, I used to love him. Yeah, like Russell, Russell Brand, you know, he's still he's still putting out his daily his daily, you know, conspiracy <laughs> theory videos showing yeah, you know, but it the opposite it, to whatever the conventional political opinion is about everything. It ruined him as well though. Like he was Russia, like, that was the same year he was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, two thousand and eight. Oh, I think he no no, no, no the thing is he's become that character now. But no no, yeah. Russell Brand was like the archetype uh, sorry, the arch- the architect of his his changing persona right because that was when he was drinking and when he was on the drugs right yeah. in that period yeah. you know, it's, it's fairly common knowledge that celebrities are more fun when they're fucked <laughs> yeah. right and he's a good example of that he's a bit of a preacher nowadays yeah but um, yeah no, I, don't, but I yeah. think he kind of did, he, he didn't quite recover from that and John Cross definitely didn't quite recover from mm. the Andrew Sachs thing so, yeah. But yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was really <laughs> <laughs> down on it now. It was funny, but now it's not. It was, yeah. yeah anyway, 
I can't remember why we yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. That's oh, we're just talking about, yeah, yeah, so Jonathan yeah. Ross was kind, is kind of just, he is, in this episode, he is playing into the persona that he had on television. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not flipping his... Well, and you can tell, because there's, there's that joke from Andy, quite a witty one, in fact, when he gets the box delivered and he goes, what's that, your wages? Because yeah, yeah. he was the, like, the top of the BBC list at one yeah, point, yeah, right? yeah, and he, he was pilloried for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. of course he was. You can't earn lots of money when you work for the BBC. Oh, fuck up, why not? Well, you've got to, it's, it's where public, people can public, public Daily Mail. Outrage! This is what you're paying for. Yeah. When people you're paying for woke feminism. This is the thing. When, yeah, this is the thing. Whenever they post like, oh, here's the annual thing of like who's earning the most at the BBC. When like Gary Lineker's earning pretty much a pittance for what he does, oh. it's like, why does he stay on? Like, he could be earning so much more if he was on Sky Sports oh. or ITV. Go he earns like what a million and a half a year. That's pretty much nothing. Well, for what he yeah. does, he's done loads of stuff. He does sports personality of the year. Then, he does that obviously. Go, he's welcome to go and do that. He's then. always the face of the Olympics and the World Cup and stuff. He's welcome to go and do that anyway. Well, he's obviously like, good luck to him. Good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you really think you're earning your twelve and a half percent by doing that sort of thing under the table? No. Okay, so the next thing we're in Dar- <laughs> we're in Darren Lamb's office, right? So this is when um, Andy really starts to press the Robert De Niro thing, right? Yeah. Jonathan Ross has given him the. The, the 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 clue that he's potentially going to help him sort it out. Yeah, but Jonathan Ross doesn't help him sort it out. No, well, Jonathan Ross on his show says, "I will get you hooked up with De Niro," and then Andy goes to his agent and says, "Hook me up with De Niro." Yeah, yes, yeah, so it clicks his fingers. Where's De Niro? I need him. And if you don't find him for me, I'm going to sack you. I don't know how tri- tribunals so- work in this industry, but it seems a bit unfair that you could just do that. But uh, well, yeah, but if he's supposed he, to be, he's, not, he's not an employee though, is he? So he, he's got not, no he's got no legal rights in that respect. But I still think, like whatever you say about Darren deserving it, I still think he's well out of order to Darren in this episode. I know, obviously, right. Darren, I, I know Darren wanks over the pen. But I don't we'll get to that. But <laughs> this first scene where yeah. that this first scene with Darren in this episode where he's telling him about the time zones, yes. he's just being a bully. Oh, he's being so really but Darren Lamb, okay, he's obviously funny character, endearing character because Jim Stephen Merchant plays what? him so well. He's taking twelve he takes twelve he takes well, he takes twelve and a half percent of everything Andy Millman makes and he's Kind of just completely clueless. Including charity donations. To yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. To and he's completely clueless. I think again. I think Andy is well within his rights to be exasperated when he makes silly little mistakes like that. If he's not helping him get his career going, or what Darren Lambert has done is just resting on his laurels. He's like, right, I've got one client, and he's got the biggest sitcom in Britain. So now I can just not do anything. We sit back. I can basically retire. We've all worked with people that don't pull their weight, right? Yeah. And it's frustrating in the extreme when you just have to work with them let yeah. alone when they are partly responsible for your own success do you know what I mean I can understand why you would get upset because but, if you, you know if you were relying on this person and yeah. he was your only source and, and we talked about it before though frankly if Andy really cared he would have got rid of him a long time this ago this is the thing the proper thing to do would be to actually get a new agent just keeping your existing agent and just treating him like but, crap all yeah, the time yeah but then we see what happens in the That's Christmas just... special when he gets an agent he's just one person in a cog that this agent so, has and the agent a proper agent is a bit more slick and suave and has control yeah. over Andy and is able to intimidate Andy. The thing that Andy likes, and that's why he keeps yeah, Darren yeah, on board. Number he, one, he's, he's loyalty. Number two, he's blatantly like a creature of habit. He and enjoys he, and being he, a big fish in this small pond. Well, this is the thing, exactly. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to be fair, this when time. he gets a, in the Christmas special, sorry, David, when, when he in the Christmas special when he gets a proper agent, he completely flounders. And the agent says, "Do this, do that, be on Doctor Who," and Andy hasn't got the kind of like, the guts or the wherewithal to kind of like mm. to stick yeah. up for what he wants. Um, so yeah, so fair, that's why he sticks uh, with Darren. Regardless of the, the reality of it, though, the, the, the scene with the time zones is really great kind of <laughs> yeah. back and forth yeah, between yeah, Jermaine yeah, yeah. and Merchant. So what time would it be over there now? Right, it's four o'clock here, so eight hours. Five, six. Now you're going up. 
Five, six. You're still going up. No, that's down. If, look. No, it's four o'clock here, so eight hours, eight o'clock. That's four hours ahead. In the morning. Oh, okay, yes. Supposing they get in at nine. Ten. Yeah, have a cup of coffee, say hello to people, and yeah. Right. Add eight. To what? Ten. Ten. Eighteen. What do you mean eighteen? Oh, add no, add eight hours. Well, of you course. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so call them at six o'clock. Right, their time. Our, Our time. time. Yeah. And what time would it be over there? Ten. Ten. At night. In the morning. In the morning. Forget it. That's such a missing element from either of their like modern works. You know, it's yeah, they, they, had, they, they had like a yeah, a once not once in a lifetime, but kind of like a kind of a, a one-off like yeah, chemistry, like a very yeah. double act. They were a double and it's act. Just and it's just sort of yeah. bore of so many hours of just talking and yeah. writing and, and being on the radio together that they, exactly, they just I, they, yeah. I just I, I think Andy's been a bit of a bully here, and I think ultimately you know what I mean I think he hides he hides behind Darren Lamb to disguise his own inadequacies in his career. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's a fair. He's example. like I'm not good enough to meet Robert De Niro, so it's going to be his fault when I don't meet Robert De Niro. Well, that I think that's yeah, that's definitely mm. true, and I also think yeah, he is just kind of, kind of he's got he's what he's. How old do they say he is? The Mrs. He forty-five or something. Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's got to this age and he's had his one big success, so, and I think he kind of just is a, he kind of likes his. He's a creature of habit. He kind of doesn't want to. He's afraid of going, taking that extra step. He could easily go to any other agent and say, "I've got the biggest yeah. sitcom oh, yeah, in and Britain," he does. and he does. And he would be, and he would have the pick of any agent in England. And but he doesn't. He sticks with his guys in an office with uh, Barrett from EastEnders. Yeah, because then he can just hide behind him, like he yeah. has, like he has all the way through, like like yeah. in his acting career. He's like, oh, I can't get an acting gig because I haven't got a good agent. But to be fair, this is the kind of the the, the full stop on that relationship yeah. at the moment, right? Because this is the first time we have one of these dialogues between the two where actually it uh, ends it quite cold because there's no. It's quite jokey with the whole time zone thing and funny. But then he says, right, here's the ultimatum. End of the scene. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It kind of ends it on a kind of. On a kind of quick pro quote thing. Oh, no, yeah. is that this thing or is that the next one? No, that's the next one. Yeah, sorry. This is him basically saying, "I need Roger Nero. You get it, or you're or you're sacked. I've outgrown you." Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. but then in the next scene, you know, we have the wanking, and then and then yeah, and then, yeah. then the look on his face afterwards when he tells him, "You won't know about yeah, the interview yeah. I got with Roger Let's come back to that because I've got a lot to say about that. Well, yeah, let's come. Oh, boy, I bet you, your favourite topic. <laughs> <laughs> James, James is still working from home at this point, <laughs> a few days a week. So, you know, <laughs> what do you mean, we think wanking's my favourite topic. Well, you know. <laughs> Well, All right, we'll come back to that. <laughs> I was in the office today, we'll so I had doing... to be careful with that kind of thing. <laughs> what, you just, you just you're, you're one day back in the week, back in the office, you just sort of passively start masturbating. It was in the Sunday sport that someone did that. When, yeah, I was going to say, back to the office. Like, there was at least one two stories of like, people, people wanking on Zoom or wanking in the office and just saying, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I was yeah. so used to I being home. I was at home. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been made up though. I don't think it was. I've heard a couple what, of stories. The Sunday sport. The Sunday sport. sport. I've never heard the Sunday sport. I've heard a couple of stories about that. Or there was that big one where and there was like a, they a stuff up, don't they? There was like a Zoom meeting of the editorial staff of like the New York Times, something big. I know, I've seen that. And and one of the guys just started to, they have like oh let's take a quick five minute break and then he just without turning off his camera just started wanking. <laughs> he was gonna try and fit he was gonna try and fit it in, in the well, five then, minute break. Five minute loo break. He was gonna try enough. and crack one out. Well that's what the comfort breaks are for. <laughs> Else yeah, yeah. Getting up and going to the toilet instead. The moment just grabbed me. Yeah, I went berserk. But yeah, so Andy's getting his ass break with the agent, and he's also getting his ass break with Maggie because, like, he's mm-hmm. kind of basically he just he he just wants to. He's got his friendship with Ross now, hasn't he? And he's yeah. kind of just. He I think he can kind of he can feel the 
this is what he wanted. He wanted that just kind of. He just wants to feel success, doesn't he? In all for all throughout series two, all he's wanted to do is feel important and yeah. feel like he's being kind of treated as a celebrity. And, and yeah. his friendship with Jonathan Ross is is is, and also, is making that happen. To be honest, it's it's happening in a cheap way as well because this is an, a kind of a comment on the celebrity, right? He's not able to become famous through his skill and through his art. So what he's actually doing is he's following this kind of weird tabloidy association thing. Yeah. So, you know, this next scene, we've got the, the Maggie brings over the paper. Yeah. Wassie takes when for wide. And <laughs> that's just the, you know, just pap shots, basically, of, of him in a wheelbarrow with Jonathan Ross, which I imagine they must have had such a fucking laugh on yeah, that yeah. day yeah. doing that video. That was a great day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of, it, it's, it's such a kind of, it's a good indication as to the, the, the sort of the, the, the path of fame Andy's ends up pursuing by default. Yeah. But it's funny how it's, it's, it's kind of going off topic, but when it says Wassie takes Fwen for a wide, <laughs> he's not just Fwen, he's the biggest star, he's the star of the yeah. biggest sitcom. Well, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, it's yeah. these little details that they kind of just forget to kind of set up that Andy is, how big Andy is. Or like, or they kind of, either that or they just kind of don't give us enough context. Maybe I'm misunderstanding that he's supposed to be the biggest star. The fact yeah. that yeah. it's yeah. in the paper... That, that kind of tells you that anyway. That's, that's so, the context there, isn't it? Yeah, this I is the that. second knockback for Maggie as well, right? Because Maggie comes over, wants to talk to him, not interested, too busy, yeah, doing yeah. my hair, what's that, this, that, and the other. He's going listening, what's that about your dad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, he's a look. Is he being unreasonable here? Kind of, because he's... Got, You're definitely being nudged to think that. At this point, yeah. yeah but do you think that? Yeah, I do. Kind of, in this instance, yes. Because at this point, he's not in the in middle of a context, meeting. He's just reading the, <laughs> what's the context. A meeting that consists of him yeah. playing with Jonathan Ross, toy dog. But, and he's just kind of... At this, <laughs> at this point, he's just reading the newspaper. So he's not having, a, he cha- getting... he's not having a chat about work. He's not having a chat it's with the It's the fact that he ignores her and, and then yeah. he just reads about Jonathan Ross and goes, oh, that was a great day. Yeah, Maggie's not interrupting him having a chat with the makeup lady. He's no, sitting there and reading true. the paper. Well, you know, she brings the paper over. He's talking to the makeup lady about trying to. Fix, oh yeah, that's his way. Okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe he's working, but yeah, again, it's it's maybe less. It's probably probably a little bit less ambiguous. Like this maybe. is just like I said. It's all it's all <clears throat> gradual stepping stones. Yeah, this exactly. is just another brick slightly on the wall. bigger one. Yeah, this is time. a slightly bigger one. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, this is the sort of thing that we should go on to see a lot more in the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. you know, he, he does invite Maggie out for. Uh, um, Sort of a meal, <laughs> not even a meal. No, he, he no. He says come to the hospital. Come That's because he doesn't want to do it on his own. Yeah, so this yeah. is the thing. Yeah. This is this is a big point of this episode. Is that he knows? It's kind of it's sweet in a way, but it's also he's he's in the way he's using Maggie. Yes, because he's like, oh, at least I you know I can use Maggie when I need to because I don't want to go to the hospital on my own. But in a way, it's kind of sweet because he knows, even subconsciously, that Maggie is. The true friend, but like I'm going somewhere awkward. Who do I want to come with me? It's Maggie because mm. Maggie is the one person I'm comfortable with. And if it's going to be awkward with this kid, what what happens is when it's awkward with the kid at the hospital, he's able to kind of, as a, as any true friend does, pivot onto <laughs> Maggie. So he's able to take the piss out of her, and that makes him feel less awkward because yeah, he knows yeah, that really if I can take the piss out of Maggie, I've got things like I can I can mm. feel. I can feel an hour of just taking the piss out of Maggie, and I know that Maggie can take it because that's our that's our rapport, that's our dynamic. And to be honest, even in the absence of this Jonathan Ross stuff, they probably would have gone together anyway. What to yeah. hospital? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He wouldn't have taken yeah. anybody else, would he? He's no, the, exactly. Yeah. But he kind of when he asks her in the makeup chair, he kind of so offhandedly says it. He doesn't even look at her. Yeah, he's still looking at the paper, but and he's like, "Oh, you can come with me." And she makes a comment like, "Oh, get a new dress." Or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, or, or you could wear the £2,000 pound <laughs> I bought you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she gets any more use out of that. Yeah. 
Oh man, so this Can't hospital visit. Expenses. <laughs> I'm surprised actually, thinking back on it, that BAFTA episode, I'm surprised they didn't have a scene where she like spilled something on it. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, the icing on the cake, wouldn't it? Yeah. So then we've got this Jonathan Ross montage with Andy. And yeah, again, I, a classic Gervais montage. I just love it though, man. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 80s music. Yeah. 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 Always knew yeah, you were Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking perfect, man. Because you imagine yeah, how much fun they must have Yeah. Looking like, looking a bit like uh, the we... guys in a month of summers. Just, yeah, kind of, yeah. Say. Just in the car, like, <laughs> leaning back laughing and stuff. It just yeah, tickles yeah. me every I time. I mean, they blatantly did just say, like, right, set up a camera here, we'll just do something in the middle. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Just piss about. Give us some super soakers. There you go. We'll <laughs> yeah, go yeah. on. <laughs> I reckon I'd have a great laugh with Jonathan Ross. He seems like one of those people that would be a really fun friend. I think he could just be friend friendly with anyone. Yeah, That's yeah. what's so good about him. And yeah. he'd probably annoy some people, but like, yeah. Based, based on the evidence of this episode, yeah. <clears throat> that, that is what you conclude. Do you remember the um, in the XFM shows, there was that whole bit when Ricky basically started becoming famous and um, Steve Merchant started to take issue with the fact that he was becoming really friendly with well, Jonathan Ross. Wasn't it Ross? Jonathan Ross that it took him just yeah. to meet Bowie? Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah, thing that always sticks in my head. Yeah, exactly. How is Jonathan Ross? All right. <laughs> is he? I wondered how long it would take before his name popped up. How is he? How is the old man? Why would Jonathan Ross have invited Merchant as well? You know, he said, like, oh, you know, I know that you're, you, you do, you're pretty much attached to the hip with Stephen Merchant. Why don't you bring Merchant along? Yeah, exactly. I think that was the thing, wasn't it? At the time, it was like they were like an inseparable couple. Yeah. How was David Bowie on Tuesday? I read about that. Why? Why did I have to? Why did I have to read about your presence at the David Bowie gig in the Evening Standard? Why do you keep that right, from me? Okay. Why do you keep that from me? Right. Okay. Because I discussed you. this in the past. I said yeah, if you get no. invited to David Bowie or any of the big name yeah. concerts, I got to go as well. That's the right. rule. Well, I didn't go. Was did you read this in the Standard? Yes, I did. Yeah. No. But, but let me tell you. Something, let me tell you something. Wait to, a minute. To get you off this track, right? The next night, we did go to dinner with Bowie at someone's house. It was a very, it was a small affair. It was, it was um, me and Jane, Jonathan uh, and Jane. It was um, David. Uh, First names. Yeah, no, no, and uh, Richard E. Grant and uh, Pete Townsend and Charles Sarchi and that. And then, uh, and then David Bowie came in. He came over and spoke to me, and he, he went, "I've just seen your video." And uh, and then um, this isn't helping, is it? Because you're, you, you, this isn't helping. Well, when you, I mean, the phrase I, I was just going to pick you up there on was, "I've just seen your video." <laughs> Um, cause, cause what, what, no, I just feel that what... But that, I remember, I remember at the time, that was, those were the little clues that were like, actually, and also they were just different ages, weren't they? Like, Jermaine yeah, was course. like 20 years older than him, so obviously he was, and That's so... Was, well, but to be fair, it was now. just... Yeah, it was like 45, and, and, and to be honest, a lot of those... Merchant was like 25. Not 20, though, like 15 times. Okay, fine. But also, to be honest, a lot of those kind of animosities were... In the XFM shows were played for laughs, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Weren't, but saying, really I think probably it. hiding deeper truths that are now. <clears throat> Do you reckon? Yeah, because now look at them. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? We, we, yeah. had, we, 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 had, we had to interview them separately, like kids going in two divorced parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Well, we never asked to interview them together, but I can imagine. You know, that imagine if we'd done that. If we just I set it up so they happen to be on the same call at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Like, Hello, Ricky and Steve. That would have been amazing. Yeah, then, we're guess, just yeah, going to turn off our cameras now. I guess we're spoiled kids in that respect, though, because we've got two episodes out of it. That's true enough. Or three, technically. Yep. Wait, what was the third? Two parts of Jamaica. Oh, yeah. the Ricky wanted to oh, yeah, tell that was a bit greedy in hindsight, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> still counts, still counts, still counts. It is too big. I don't know what I was thinking. Pointedly, what in this montage, while 
Gervais is not while Millman is having a great time with Ross. Yes. We see Maggie having a shit time on set, literally a yeah. shit time on set, falling about, which is another a trait that we see again in the Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say another thing that is basically mm. just gets extended in the Christmas specials. It's really it's kind of the Christmas episode in bottle form, isn't it? This episode. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. 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 Yeah, in fact, yes, it is. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. <laughs> Except that throughout, in this episode at least, Millman is on a bit of a high, mm. I would say. I Except for the times when he gets exasperated with the agent. But pretty much, and as we see it by the end, Millman gets everything he wants out of this episode. Yeah. He's mates with Jonathan Ross. I mean, he doesn't... He still gets to in the end. Yeah, the only thing that kind of like um, goes wrong for him is that he has to go to the hospital. Yeah, kind of, and, and, and the also, kind of like, uh, yeah, the whole cool Maggie. But that well. that has its own kind of redeeming qualities to it as well. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to a bit. But yeah, yeah, that does kind of. It's a perfect afterlife bit. Of, oh, we get to see Milman being nice, but and it also deep has, down inside, he's. But it does. But it also kind of gives it that kind of realistic twist, where actually it's sort of it's not completely altruistic. He did it and then he actually feels quite manipulated as part of doing it and then they yeah. have that row about, well, I didn't need to make you feel like that. That's like anybody that's, that's married or in a relationship yeah. will know that that's exactly yeah, yeah. the kind of conversation that you might have in place yeah. of one of these altruistic moments that you get at the end of TV. Yeah, you come I, back and choose like, I didn't tell you to come back. Cause cause you basically things did. like that, getting a text message and turning up on an hour is such a trope yeah. for like TV and stuff to, as a shorthand of, of underlying emotion between two characters. But yeah, to, and another show might just have them smiling at each yeah, other and that's it. To turn yeah. it into this whole kind of passive aggressive thing, <laughs> yeah. it's actually really funny, I think. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's the second bit. The first time they turn up at the hospital, it's kind of an introduction to this kid. What's his name again? Joe. Joe, of course. <laughs> what football team do you support? Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, and they go into the the um, the hospital, and, and it is proper awkward. But I, I kind of felt like it would be, right? Yeah, yeah of course it was. Yeah, this is the thing. You have to be a real. There's, there's certain celebrities who are good at. Kind of just doing the well, glad hand. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my head, I was all thinking like, I don't know, Hugh Jackman or The Rock or something. Like, <laughs> turns up to do these charity things at hospitals yeah. and just kind of can say the right Playbook. things to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. just know what to do. And obviously, but Andy Millman hasn't kind of been taught how to do that yet. This is his first time at the hospital, mm. and uh, it, it's awkward at first. But like I was saying, he's able to just straight away turn the attention onto Maggie. Yeah, yeah. Maggie's his little prop that he's brought along. Yeah. In a nice way. I kind of think in a nice way. So, so what about... Friendly's the... a gill. Yeah, <laughs> 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 What do you think of um, the mum? She's great. I mean, she's good. She's... I, I, early on, I don't know why I didn't, but I was going to look up what else she's been in. But, yeah, she's she's very good in, in the couple of scenes she's got. Mm. And then when she kind of like takes them aside and again does the whole thing of like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Making, starts, saying, starts saying, saying, oh, oh will you speak at his funeral? I know. That's mental. Uh, that's we may lose him in the next I six suppose, months. Oh, I, I, I literally, I mean, he's, he does well not to just run away at this point. That's pretty, what's that, he that's supposed, pretty intense. And what's he supposed to have, this boy? Because they don't do the whole, like, oh, let's get, let's make it a bald kid. and like, Something just wrong with his brain, maybe? I guess so. Brain tumour, I think. I mean, he's always tired, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't go the whole, like, let's shave his head and just indicate that he's got no, cancer. That would be a little bit too obvious. Yeah, but I think, yeah. I think they, they, she does mention yeah. at one point... <laughs> she, she does mention at one point in, in, when they're putting operation, goes, oh, you, your tumour's massive, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's no true. Problem. So, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you yeah, say yeah. it's not a tumour. So yeah, it's it's they do say it's so crazy that she would assume that he would be up for speaking at the funeral. I mean, that's mental. That is. I mean, but then again, maybe... 
they know him better than he knows them because he's on their TV every night. Well, this is the thing. I think that's the whole point. They don't know him at all. But that's that's also the point that that Gervais obviously is trying to get at, isn't it? Like, people just assume that they know you, they know you well, and they're kind of, oh, you're a comedian on screen. You're going to want to do everything. Yeah, Brent would do it. Imagine Brent. Imagine someone asked Brent to speak about you. Will you speak to my son's funeral? Couldn't do it, yeah. They expect him to like turn up to the funeral, you know, as Mr. Stokes. I just think of Bob Newhart in The Simpsons. I didn't know this boy. Never met this boy. Or grimy, as he liked to be called. Yeah. But to be fair, the one man that knows how to handle this situation is Robert Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Here right. we go. Well, yeah. He comes bowling in like the highlight of the episode. Absolutely, he comes storming in. Ah, uh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> there is the boy. Look at his face. Dumbstruck. I know, I understand, it's okay, it's okay. You're expecting a one-hit wonder, you right? <laughs> and what'd you get? Bloody British legend. <laughs> I know you know me from my family, the biggest and most popular sitcom in England, but did you know I'm a serious actor? Oh yeah, and I can sing and dance. <laughs> this thing just far, comes in barrels in far too intense, yeah. obviously like, but number one, the kid doesn't know him anyway, and even if the kid did know him, imagine just like yeah. going straight in, there's the boy, make him laugh, make him laugh. It's like, fucking hell, doesn't it, anyone get in a word in Edgeway? Absolutely, he's, he's an, like such a pro, and, and to be honest as well, the mum, he deals with the mum perfectly, because obviously the mum is pushing Andy, giving him loads of shit, making him, like, <laughs> so he's, she's almost like snookering him with social politeness, yeah. if you know what I mean, she's, she knows how to do it, whereas Robert Lindsay, <laughs> your kid doesn't know about comedy, sort it out, it's your fault, <laughs> fuck off. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then there's just that pause, and then Gervais, and then Milman just goes, "That's a good nice surprise, isn't it?" That's how you be a celebrity. Yeah. That's how you put this shit to bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, like the kid probably should have watched My Family. It was massive at the time. <laughs> well, maybe he's too busy uh, in his in the hospital with his tumor. <laughs> he likes to watch. When uh, he likes to watch when the whistle blows instead, doesn't he? Yeah. And just a brilliantly like delivered story about like you know oh, Richard E. Grant likes a story and he doesn't even drink. So it's just it's it's the rhythm of the this is the thing. Yeah, the it's one of those things just, that yeah, if you're not an actor and you kind of well, as we saw at the beginning of this episode, when you try and recreate that, or kind of, you, put, <laughs> yeah. you just you kind of almost envy like how do they do it? Right, you'll love this. This anecdote has people on the floor at any function, any dinner party, and if you think that's because they're drunk, think again, because Richard E. Grant loves this story and he doesn't even drink. So I'm on the set of GBH. I'm in my trailer. Knock on the door. Guess who it is? Go on, guess. Um, Alan Bleasdale. I don't know who that is. Oh fuck off. And it's kind of, it's what I think sometimes when I watch Merchant in this as well, like you were saying, mm. the back and forth with Gervais about, or with Milman about the, uh, the, what time they should call De Niro's agents. Um, it's one thing for Gervais to know what he's doing, because he's kind of got the experience at that point of being an actor, but this is Merchant's first acting Yeah, game. yeah, so true. And he's just straight in it, he's got the patter, he's got the rhythm, he's kind of, he doesn't, doesn't miss a mm. beat. And yeah, you kind of you watch these things, and you know you watch you watch Merchant, and you like you watch Robert Lindsay, and you think like yeah, just the rhythm they've got, the speed, they don't kind of miss a beat, they don't kind of like stumble over their work. Obviously, it'll take them more than one take. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like it's kind of you almost kind of envy them they were able to kind of do that, and it's kind of you kind of it's almost like awe inspiring, isn't it? How it is. kind of how 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 quick and kind of good they are at that kind of like yeah. It's almost like a melody to the way they talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting to what to listen to. And you can tap, you can, it sorts the men from the boys really yeah, yeah, exactly. These sorts yeah. of shows. Imagine Orlando Bloom trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that seems like ages ago we did that. That was episode that that was series two, wasn't it? Series, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, that was Orlando Bloom. Seems like, like it literally was two years ago, to be fair. Was it? <laughs> 
But then they, you know, when when they do finally get themselves out of this awkward um, hotel room, this hospital bed, yeah. um, they're on their way out, and 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 uh, Andy starts bragging about all these different celebrities he's going to see, you know, like Jamie Theakston and Vernon Kay and all this, and. Uh, it kind of got me thinking about again. So I, I can't think about this for long without thinking about XFM, to be honest. But when Merchant talks about the kind of icky world of celebrities being friends with celebrities just because they respect one another's work, they don't really need to go through the the long process of making friends. They yeah, just, they just they just so they, you're a celebrity. Let's yeah, be you're friends, a celebrity. Yeah. You're roughly my age. I like your work. You probably like mine. Let's be mates and yeah, just shortcut thirty years of friendship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's like yeah, kind yeah. of really kind of yeah. icky. And I think they're trying to work something out maybe about that world. Maybe I also think this is a very much a when I was thinking of. Um, I wasn't a your friend. This is what reminds it, especially there's yeah, just one yeah. line where he goes, Theakston. Now, what was he saying? Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's mad enough about the game, basically. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. repeats that line, doesn't he? It's very, very British because he's obviously so excited about going to this yeah. big celeb party that he's got. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's, there's plenty of um, Brent moments, like um, for instance, when um, when he's dealing with the mum, I think. Pure oh, yeah, every yeah. minute of it, especially when he's talking about you know the eulogy <laughs> or the phone number. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's gonna live for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that in a way. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. There is a legend. I didn't know you were Brent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's very, very Brentish. But the whole stuff, yeah, when he's kind of getting when he's getting excited about meeting up with Peakston. Who else is he supposed to be meeting up with? I just remember Peakston. Pico. <laughs> yeah. Like after a few points, but it did get yeah, that's, that's another British thing. Yeah, what's he gonna be like after a few points? Um, but that's another thing where um, it just kind of it's supposed to be showing that for all this kind of um, the times that Millman like he likes to pretend like he's above it, you know, like he just wants to be kind of credible and, and artistic. He's so excited about this, like the prospect of hanging yeah. out with Jamie Fiction and probably like Zoe Ball and. They just want to hang out with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's so excited about this idea of going to this. Yeah, pretty, going damn, out. pretty damn said list, even for then, really. Jamie Fiction. Really well, yeah, by yeah, 2006, yeah. he's kind of. Yeah, 2006. But, I'm yeah. surprised he yeah. wasn't in the extra school. Is this exactly the kind of celebrity I thought they would go is for? Is he not in the Christmas like special? Is he not one of the people in Christmas special? No, he's not. So. Is he not? I don't even know who you're thinking of. Jamie, <laughs> why did you say no? He's not there. Jamie Thigston. I'm t- yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. I wonder. Lanky you... Harper. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Oh, well, I'm thinking of someone like Vernon Kay. I suppose I'm thinking of. He is Vernon Kay. Is I know. Hey, I, I know. I know. But yeah, because I'm thinking because Vernon Kay was in it, I was just thinking that in the uh, especially in the restaurant, is there not more people like that? It's like Hayden Pace. Hayden Pace, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's everyone. Oh, favorite. Gordon Ramsay. Doing one of my favourite lines and extras. Cock. Speaking of your favourites, this next scene is my favourite scene in the whole show, Christmas special included. And it starts with one of my favourite shots, which is <laughs> static, the wanking. Barry. No, started. I timed it, right, for 12 seconds of just Barry just sitting there staring at a <laughs> dot on the wall. But that's what I mean. Static. This is what I mean, though. He's supposed, seconds. He's the assistant to the agent of, of the, one of the biggest stars in England at that time, but presumably. 12, and he just stands. 12 with, whole seconds yeah, yeah. of a 27 minute episode of a show, right? And he's just dedicated entirely to Barry just sitting there staring at the wall, like motionless. <laughs> Yeah. And made all the better for knowing what's going on in the next <laughs> Yeah, he's letting you know he's is, is, is that supposed to be Barry's job there to like guard the door? Basically. It's yeah. kind of it gives you an insight to what happens when <laughs> well, yeah. when when, when the, these scenes aren't happening. Well yeah, exactly, yeah. He's just sitting there waiting for a waiting for the phone to ring. But well, um, or wait. waiting for the agent to to, to tell him to do something. Yeah, to yeah. Give, you know, go wash my car or whatever he goes to do. <laughs> Get the shit out of the toilet. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Andy, Andy comes in, gets surprised by this, walks into the office, and 
catches Darren. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he doesn't catch him straight away at first because he's closing Hello. the door. Yeah, he's spending his time closing the door. He hasn't noticed, but and he just goes Adam's straight down. Yeah. yeah, he has a little glance over the desk. And the you thing. can just see him like this. Honestly, yeah, yeah, my desk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the audience, Danny is kneeling on his uh, on his knees yeah. in front of the wanking under the. Yeah, he he's he's literally wanking. wanking now. What are you doing this for, Danny? He wasn't actually wanking still, but he's on his knees, trousers down, bloody knickers around her ankles. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> and then Andy has to literally say, Were you masturbating? Say what? Were you masturbating when I came in? <laughs> and there's not really much Darren can do about it except admit. No, he just has to admit, yeah, this is the thing, like just bluster. That's that, that's what he's got. He wouldn't kind of lie about that kind of thing. But then obviously, you know, he's got a golden excuse, he's holding out pen. How could he not? <laughs> <laughs> I just but it, every time I see this, I'm supposed to I'm I supposed I always wonder like if he's taken, if he's got the pen off Barry, are we supposed to assume that sometimes Barry sits behind his little desk wanking? He does. They pass don't, it back don't, and don't forth. Don't he does. Don't 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 on this episode, he's oh yes, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. The yeah, scene has the most it, amazing yeah. button on it yeah, because yeah, yeah, as yeah. he literally leaves, he's still and like, catches Barry. Yeah, that's the, yeah, <laughs> literally, the neither of them can hold the pen for more than five seconds without a fucking wanking. Well, that's why De Niro wants it. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be straight into it as well. Yeah. So the important part of this scene is that he then finishes on his promise to fire Darren, right? Yeah. You're fired, that's it, done. And then Darren throws out this thing, you know, well, if you fire me, you won't know about the meeting I've got with Robert De Niro. So, what do we think here? Has Darren got the meeting booked or not? Well, I'd say yes. I think, he, yeah, well, what are you, are you saying has he got it booked already or has he now yeah. got to scramble to get it done? And he's scrambled no, to get he's, it done. He's not I think he's got it booked. I think he's got it booked. Every now and then he, he doesn't look he like he's got it booked. No, he does. He, like, he, looks, he looks like a hurt puppy. You know, he says, he sounds like he's flustered. He says it straight away, six o'clock. Yeah. He kind of, I just feel like sometimes, as we saw with the play with Ian McKellen, sometimes he pulls it out of the bag. Sometimes. And, but and but he I think the thing about the character is that he doesn't know when he's made, like when he gets him a play of Ian McKellen or when he gets him like an interview a meeting of Robert De Niro, he's so clueless that he doesn't know what a big deal he's managed to yeah. secure. So he he doesn't think straight away. So he doesn't think to, as soon as he's got it, phone up Andy and say you've got it. He waits till Andy has to come in for their weekly meeting before he says, oh yeah, also you've got a meeting with De Niro. So like he's mm. so he doesn't understand. That he's that he's done something good. See, you know I got I mean? the impression that from this, he. I mean, well, maybe I'm just thinking about it a lot too much, but I, I really like the idea that he hasn't got it sorted. And he has to and, scramble. And that there's like a parallel sitcom where Darren and um, Barry are racing <laughs> against the clock to try and get Robert De Niro at a very specific place at a specific time, and they manage to do it. Or, but because it doesn't, there's definitely you're not supposed to be completely convinced that he's got it here. I don't think because mm. he he's, he seems quite kind of flustered by the question. I don't and, think he's good. And he even says, "Oh, if he doesn't turn up, it's not my fault." I think he's got it. Because, yeah, Maybe he's, he not, he's not good enough to bluster like that. He, and yeah, and, and if it is what you were saying, James, and I just wish we had seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. How good would that have been? But yeah. Likewise with the Ian McKellen one. I feel like this whole series yeah. could have been better with like an additional dimension of Darren more, Lamb yeah. like, on his own doing stuff, not just as a sort of uh, a, a, a sidekick to Millman. Because the thing is, yeah, analysing it, and I kind of write down every kind of... I write it down scene by scene as we're analysing so Jack I can have notes in front of me. to write it down. <laughs> but every episode is only like... 12 scenes, they're kind of 12 yeah, quite yeah, long 12, kind of just scenes, yeah. vignette scenes, whereas normally on a 30-minute sitcom, it's, you know... 15, 16, you know, you've got, there's, there's a bit more going on. It's just kind of quick. It's like, it's kind mm. of short, like one minute scenes, like a page of script in, out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in one scene, out of it again to the next scene. Whereas here, they do, I mean, and it's not a bad thing. It's, it's the rhythm they've got going and they're kind of, they have a lot going on in each scene, but it is kind of just lots. It's, it's 
a few longer scenes. Mm. So they kind of don't give themselves time to do things like, oh, let's see what the agent, how the agent and Barry are going to get De Niro. Yeah, because they've got a long, because they've got that long scene in the hospital, which is kind of three mini scenes, really. Mm. Like that, that scene in the hospital, which they first go in, they speak to the boy. Yeah. Then the mum pulls him to one side, and then Robert Lindsay comes in. That's essentially three scenes. Well, it's almost four. Yeah, so yeah. essentially four scenes, but it's all in one yeah. location, so it's kind of like a long scene. Anyway. Yeah, that's no, a good point. Uh, but then, but, yeah, one, one thing I thought was interesting though is that, so in this scene. The wanking scene when Andy, as, is, we'll, as we'll we'll now call it, know, <laughs> when, when Andy is told about the De Niro meeting, he he kind of he doesn't believe him. No, he doesn't seem like he believes him. But it's he's like, for him, right? yeah, yeah. But then in the next scene, when he's on the phone to Maggie, he's like, I literally cannot come to the hospital. It's like really important. He's already stressed yeah. about it. So it's like, does he believe the agent or does he not? Well, I guess he, he believes he's... him enough that he'll phone up Maggie and kind of almost get stressed about but, the yeah. idea that he might not go. And to also, the anything to get out of a sick kid, right? Yeah, I thought. I mean, you could say it's that, but I also think that by the time he's in the car, he is actually thinking, "What if? Well, he's, yeah, what he's, if he's, the meeting is actually happening? He's assuming it's going to happen. I guess if he's it just doesn't he, happen. I guess he's got. Live, I guess he's got to live under the assumption that it's happening. Yeah. Otherwise, <clears> otherwise he wouldn't. And be like he said, win-win, because then he hasn't got to worry about employing Darren anymore. Yeah, that's true. He didn't have to anyway. They could have just sacked him. Could have just sacked him. Absolutely, but he didn't. He didn't have the guts. No, he didn't. Too hard. Didn't want to put the work in. Well, that's basically yeah. That, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanted to be a proper actor. Too hard. Didn't want to put the work in. <laughs> you know, wanted to you know act as a gay a gay man in a gay play, but didn't. You know, there were some bullies in the audience. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Right. He kind of he just wants to. He wants. Yeah, he just a moment of realization. Yeah, but that's a Christmas special. Yeah, I know. I remember. I got the reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's cancelled on Maggie on the way to the Robert De Niro uh, meeting. But again, now that we're on the third letdown, still feeling guilty here, or is he on the right still? No, he's definitely on the right, and Maggie even tells right. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the way he does it is a bit arsy. But also, but, uh, I think Maggie, Maggie is. And Maggie kind of, understands. Also, but but Maggie's kind of in the wrong of saying. No. Oh, I'm just disappointed. It's like, don't tell him that. What's the point yeah, of telling him that? How, she's she's not doing it to manipulate him, though. Nah. I don't think. She's no, just doing she's it because she says just, what she thinks. And, right? yeah, and she's, she's just so hard on her sleeve. Yeah, yeah but exactly. also, like, it's kind of, that's not helpful. So I'm, she, I'm kind of with Andy here. Yeah. So it's so yeah. unhelpful, in fact, that he turns up at the yeah, hospital. Don't, don't expect anything out of Jack if he's meeting Robert De Niro. We know what way that one's going. Definitely don't. I want to put this out there right now. If we've got a podcast recording on the day I'm meeting De Niro, you guys are getting cancelled. <laughs> no, but the thing is, though, what's he meeting Robert De Niro? This is why I don't care. What's he meeting Robert De Niro for? No, just a chat. Just this is what you do. You can't have the industry meetings. Just a, it's a. Um, it's not going to be a bloody film with Robert De Niro. Well, who knows? It? Maybe he's going to. Maybe he'll, oh. maybe Robert De Niro is making Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy Newman was going to play some little pug nose, like whatever he plays, market <laughs> tradesman yeah. or whatever. Whatever he plays in uh, Stardust. Well, you know, Robert. Robert, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Robert De Niro's gone a bit broad now. They'll meet the parents, isn't it? That was about yeah. ten years ago. Was probably, what, what, ten years? Like yeah, Try twenty-two. Was it really? Like twenty-two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, two thousand. Meet the parents. Yeah, and then yeah. meet the fuckers. Yeah. Meet, to be fair, meet he the parents. He was an old man then. Meet the parents. Yeah, was, meet the parents was pretty good, to be fair. How old is Robert De Niro? Oh, he's. But he wasn't that he's old. Well into his I 70s. bet he was only. 55, 60 when he did. It's so, so now he's probably about 80. Yeah. It's so weird, man, because he's what, like the, one of those uh, people that's been old forever. People get old. So, it's so weird. <laughs> no, it's like when I was a kid, he's old. Yeah. And now, now I'm old, he's still old. No, but I remember having this exact same conversation about Hulk Hogan when I was in year seven. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we were talking to him about his, if he was a granddad. 
and, and we were, and that was when. But now he actually. And that, that was back in like 1997, and we were thinking about when he was in WrestleMania in 1985. He looked like an old man. The one that really. And it's fucking 40 years later, nope. and he still wrestles sometimes. The one that really baffles me is one foot in the grave. It's like he's been an old man for like 40, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Victor Meldrum. Yeah, no, well, Richard Wilson. Yeah. Richard Wilson. Yeah, yeah. There's. Yeah, that's another one. One foot in the grave. Is that? But apparently, he was only like <laughs> he was only like fifty six when it started. So that's <laughs> one foot in the grave. But yeah, yeah. There's just some people who are just I mean, are pretty much born old. I'm closer to the one foot in the grave age than I am to being a teenager. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So that, that's much. my that's my thought for the night. We're probably not that <laughs> far. Good we're we're probably about as old as Hulk Hogan was when he was in his. Prime back yeah, in like 1985, in, in and, and at that point he looked like an old man because he had a bald patch and a big old moustache. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely about as old as <clears> him. <throat> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but th- th- this is another unhelpful thing. Maggie sends Andy a text saying, "Yes, don't worry, you know." Because, I mean, it's not that. It's I'm sorry, I didn't, no, mean, to, I didn't mean to be not supportive. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she yeah. feels bad, but obviously that's triggered think, a kind of guilt in him, right? Yeah. No, but but I th- I no, I think Maggie's behaved impeccably. I think yeah, sending a text is fine. Andy, yeah, well, Andy, yeah, Andy's, course, Andy's yeah. the one. Who's, if anything, he's a bit out of order by barging and like putting it back on her. And but yeah, it all. It all but you know, like yeah, if you're in kind of, I mean, it's like you were saying, like if you're in a marriage or a relationship, kind of, you do get those like they've kind of inadvertently made you feel guilty so yeah. you kind of try and make it up to them and when they're saying oh you didn't need to do that it's like well, like, well I've you start really, to get I've yeah. done something now that I shouldn't have. yeah exactly yeah yeah, just, I, yeah I did something that I didn't need to bother doing now and you kind of you do take it out on them because so they, 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 they weren't expecting you to it's so great that they kept that in because anyway. for well, yeah. me that's such a well observed in yes. like dynamic yeah, between definitely. people yeah, 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 because it's it's kind of it's you can see it happening and and you know it's not unreasonable for someone to forego something that would be a massive opportunity to save it but and like i said earlier it kind of shows that he does on some level have a great deal of kind of um oh, what's the word just sort of he, he holds this friendship in quite yeah high yeah, regard, yeah, right? yeah. And, and this is kind of a bit of redemption for him the fact that he went back instead of going to robert de niro you could argue maybe he didn't believe that robert de niro was going to be there. i think that's part of what it was maybe yeah he was basically thinking should i sacrifice my real friendship for a what might be a fake what might not meeting. happen. Because yeah. he's kind of surprised. Right? And, even, even, and even if it's a real meeting, you know, is it as important as Maggie? Yes, oh. yes, I would say yes. <laughs> he can make up with Maggie any other day. Well, it doesn't matter because he's going to invite Maggie to go and meet Rob De Niro, right? Yeah, so it all's well that ends well. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this is the thing. I, I do think you're supposed to think that, though, especially with the Wassy stuff. You're supposed to think, right, this is him redeeming himself. Yeah. When he goes to see Maggie. Yeah, 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 you are. Yeah, but this is the, so this the, show, is... the show scheme of justice rewards him by letting him meet Robert De Niro anyway. This is the thing, this is what I don't like about it. This is like. Yeah. It's why. And sometimes Extras does have this, but this particular episode doesn't have like the kind of the, the bite of like a curb your enthusiasm, where like, no. they would have just let it end on like. He fucked up. <clears throat> no, curb your enthusiasm, it would be a genuine thing, whereas this, it just lets, it lets him, yeah, have, he lets it, him, lets him have, it, have his cake. He lets him have it, it both ways, exactly. Yeah, that's why it always kind of, that's why it always feels unfinished to me. It's like, they mm. knew they knew that these Christmas specials coming, so they didn't need to bother. It was just like, let's just end this series, because it's going to be, you know, a year or a year and a half before we get to the special. Mm. Let's just end this series on a bit of a high. Let's give him what he wants. And that little conversation there at the end as well. Yeah. Know. Like, you know, what I just, would you it rather just loop- be miserable for the rest of your life and you just think, well... I'd like to think in the universe of extras, five years after its ends, they get together. Do you think so? Yeah. I, think, I think if they're going to get together, they would have done it straight after Big Brother. 
Well, uh, maybe well, they do. Arguably, they do. They do. Yeah, they do. We'll, we'll yeah. discuss this in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like that idea, though. I do quite like the idea that they get together. I think they get together. I think they get together. But, I think um, it's pretty unambiguous. From what I remember, I haven't seen it for a yeah. while. Yeah, I, I and then probably, then probably get divorced two years later. He's a fucking pain in the ass. Because to be honest, you know, <laughs> but you know, we don't need to know about that. Obviously, Andy, over the last two series, right? So we're kind of wrapping now on this episode. But over the last two series, Andy's progressed significantly from a starting point to where he is now yeah. but Maggie is literally exactly where she started yeah. no development romantically no development professionally well, no development well Andy's had no development romantically he's yeah, still, but he's he's still had the same had, incel he has been but he's had a different had, arc yeah. hasn't he right? he's, he certainly had oh yeah you could argue he's not as, grown as a human but as a no in like, fact in fact the opposite I'd say I like him a lot less at the end of series 2 okay, than but that's still an I think he is supposed to have grown as I think if you kind of forget about the fact that we've got the Christmas special coming if you kind of yeah, when absolutely. you turned off this episode at the end of you know the night that it was first shown you're supposed to think he's kind of he whether or not he got to have the meeting in the end with Rob Denomian anyway he actively chose friendship over yes uh, over his profession over, uh, over his job over his kind of ambition so that's supposed to be like he's kind of he's kind of completed his, his arc almost yeah for this and, anyway. and also by the way it doesn't have to be a, a, a positive arc it doesn't have to be getting better as a person he just he has changed as a person yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. whereas Maggie is exactly the same. series two episode six to series one episode one they are they are exactly the same there's no kind of but maybe that's deliberate maybe that's about being stuck in stasis like that I think it is and I mean I think number one Obviously, she's not, not everybody can pop she's not, Number one, she's not the main character. Number two, yeah, it's probably, I think to an extent, it's making a, a comment on how, yeah, some people, they do just go through their lives without any mm. kind of arc. They kind of. Not and also, arc. what would you <laughs> What would you say? So, what do you think her arc before this episode started, or certainly before it finished, what would you have said? This is Maggie's arc. So, by the end of episode six, series two, episode six, I would like to see, well, have seen, it would be satisfying to have seen this, or I'd like to get some kind of closure on this. Based on what we know about her as a character and, and her motivation, I would say that romantics, romantic thread would be something that she's yeah. been pushing for and, and driving for for such a long time that to see oh, that you know, entirely should, unfulfilled. Should put a bit well, of yeah. around it. And Danny even mentioned like earlier, he's getting confused, right, between a bit that happened in series one yeah. and something that's happened in series two, episode six. That well, yeah, says it all, but right? But that's life. That's life, isn't it? Not not everyone can have been successful in romance. You know, some people, some of us are just unlucky. Don't yeah, but also this is a more. <laughs> Andy's not exactly. Um, <laughs> we go. What, what what success has he had? We we dangerously close to a certain feature. He can't even get with a TV woman, can he? <laughs> <laughs> He's had plenty of successes with women. I don't but think he has. But I yeah. think that. Steve Sherwood doesn't think he has. Well, actually, Join the club. While we're on the subject of this, I put a Twitter poll out the other oh, day, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was a resounding... 64... The subject, of course, listeners, being oh, yeah. everyone's favourite <clears throat> bit, Incel Andy. Danny, hang on. Do the, do, I think... do the jingle, Danny. Do the jingle. I lost my virginity, full stop. <laughs> right. And it's good night so, for me. on the subject of this Incel Corner, I did a poll on Twitter the other day, and it's I think there was about four or 500 votes. Yeah. 60% of them said he's not an incel. Which That's closer is than I thought it's staggering. To and me, I think forty percent of people think he was, yeah. Yeah, and it, loads of people agreeing with you, Danny. What do yeah, you think of that? I think, you know, considering how toxic and you know, toxicified the world has become through the media and stuff, I think forty percent is a bloody resounding result. And if I was a Nicholas if I was a Nicola Sturgeon type, I might ask for, you know, another <laughs> referendum every every five days until I get the result I want. <laughs> I was stunned by that. I don't know whether yeah. you've won people round. I think he has. 
Well, I think I, I, I just think to be honest, I don't think it's even a case of one improved player. I think it's just very obvious. I think, it's self-evident. Self, I think it's self-evident. He's an incel character. I think also, I mean, you know what our listeners are like. Mm. We've met some of them. Some of them aren't allowed to wear socks. <laughs> I think Danny could convince. I think we got a lot of that lot. It, it's very prevalent. That was really nice to hear about. You know, like early noughties music with like teenage dirtbag and. The girl, all the bad guys want. Yeah, our generation. That was, that was essentially lot... incel. Yeah. That's essentially incel music. Yeah. And Annie Norman is part of that same tradition. It's just that feeling of a man thinking he's basically never going to get laid, which I think is a very, it's it's a very common trope. But I think I mean okay. My my, my my final thought until the Christmas specials, I guess, on this incel thing is this: in my mind, an incel is someone who is a man who feels like he's owed a woman and isn't able to get one. Whereas I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen any, any evidence that Andy feels like he's owed. Oh, I do. I do think that. And I think his incel attitude extends beyond... I think mean, Brent's more of a... Brent yeah. feels like he's owed more than Ooh. Milman does. I, I would I, say, I would say, I, I'd say actually his incel attitude extends beyond the sphere of sexual relations and into, into his career. He feels he's owed a career. He feels he's owed all this success in acting. Yeah, I would, say, I would, say, I would certainly well. say in that way he thinks he's so owed. He's but an, I think when it comes to women... In act... <laughs> what? He, he, well, he's like he's, a, he's, an like, he's got an he's got an he's got an incel approach to his his uh, acting career. Okay, yeah, but that's like you can't. He's you, entitled. You, you're he's entitled. Yes, that's what we say. Yeah, that'll do. He's entitled when it comes to his job, not when it comes to women. I would say. I'd say except for both. except for uh, Warren Davis's wife. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. Give, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'd say he does. Yeah, and you know, even in series one, you know, it's like a bit annoying. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, one no, of the mess- you, uh, faith is just an annoying art obstacle to him getting his leg. <laughs> one awesome. of the um, replies yeah. we had about this from Daniel Stapleton, he said that actually the scene with Warwick's wife does yeah. show evidence of entitlement. I know that's yeah, that's yes. what I just said. Yeah, I, really, I, 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 did you? So I was listening. I, I was looking I, for the I, tweet. I, 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 gave, I gave Danny that. I that's, said he, I said he doesn't show any entitlement in with women except when it comes to Warwick's wife. Yeah, yeah. That, that could, that's his lovely wife. That's literally that's a that's a Reddit thought piece that bloody scene. And then Danny just said in the Kate Winslet episode when he's with that woman and yeah, yeah her it, faith it's, it's just, a bit annoying it's an annoying <laughs> so again, her faith uh, is an annoying obstacle to him getting laid yeah so again that's... but I know at the same time he's a very blatantly mm. intended episode but I mean I guess with, 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 with the woman in the Kate Winslet <laughs> episode he puts in the work to woo her whereas I would in my mind an incel wouldn't I mean an incel would just think I'm a man you're a woman therefore yeah. I'm owed you kind of thing what are you going to do about and it? the fact that you're not giving yourself to me is enough for me to bear a grudge against you. That's what yeah. I see incel as. But it's, it's often not right. about specific women, it's that's about enough. females. That's enough for this. Yeah, that's it. I'm very happy with 40%. I was expecting 30 I was tops. expecting a much more than 60%, so well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't ask me any more questions. So, we've reached the end of the episode. It's the part you're all waiting for. The final quiz of the final series of extras. Um, there will oh. be another one for the Christmas special, but I believe in time of tradition, Mr. James Emblow may be taking over and I may be winning. Is, so, that, is that happening now, for sure? Well, 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 well on this because Seth was winning before, right? We'll work out at the end, but it's a possibility. Okay, so... Because <laughs> j- j- just to remind the audience, I think we, we, we figured out that Seth was winning up until now. Well, I right? don't know, Danny, you're the, you're the bookkeeper. Well, if Seth's winning up until now, then Seth... If, is he or not? Have you not got written down? Consult your book. <laughs> okay, right, let's go back to this. Check the book. Oh, I'm looking at a different book now. Oh, oh damn it. What's, get a new rule book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, well, let, I mean, Seth's anyway. disqualified from this, so let's say yeah. he loses yeah, yeah, yeah. a point. 
for yeah. being not being here as a punishment, yeah. and that way it's irrelevant anyway. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah, but basically, if, you, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not in the game next week, then you can do the quiz. Right, okay, yeah. well, I don't mind doing the quiz anyway, it doesn't matter that much, it's not yeah. like it's the Olympics. I don't mind doing the okay, quiz yeah. if you want to do it. Yeah, if it was the Olympics, someone probably wouldn't be written it down in the back of a notebook. And also, next week, is, fun of them. next week is ambitious. Next week. In terms of the breaks we've been having between you know, these I mean, episodes. It's like, it's like, did God create the world in seven days, you know, next week, for the purposes of this exercise, it's next week, but we want to, you know, next week. Wink, <laughs> wink. wink. Yeah. <laughs> so, without further ado, the quiz for Extra Series 2, Episode 6, Can I Hear Your Buzz? As we only have Jack and, uh, Jack and Jill, Jack and James this yeah. week. Can't uh, remember his name, I think Jay's going to win, but um, yeah. So, Jack, give me a buzzer. I wasn't born until 1949, but I know Queen Victoria is. Robert Lindsay there. That's one, brother. And Mr. Emblow. I was trying to have a quick one, yes, but it's like bloody Piccadilly Circus in here. So we have Robert Lindsay, as, uh, Jack, and for James, we have the wanker. <laughs> so. You're the wanker, mate, if anyone is. Okay, very straightforward this week. Eight questions, eight points. No messing around, no bonus marks, just straightforward, quick fire. So, you know, here we yeah. go. Question number one. There's going to be a lot of questions about our friend Joe here. So, if you don't remember who Joe is, well, Joe. you're going to be lost. Joe. Oh, God, yeah. here we go. I know who Joe is. Okay. I know who Joe is. Joe, oh, my son, yes. Sir. What ward is Joe on? I wasn't born until 1949, but I know who Queen Victoria is. Oh, he does that thing where he presses it and he looks all. No, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I don't even know. Butterfly, butterfly ward. No, okay. Uh, six, ward six. No, it was the parrot ward. Parrot ah. ward, yes. This right. is the thing. I, I now have the poster in my head. And you can see the poster in the background. Very yeah, good. Exactly. Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question number two, and this is mentioned several times, even though it sounds a bit technical. What time is Andy's appointment with Joe? I was appointed at 9.49. 6pm. 6pm, correct. Oh. It can't be moved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very specific time. Very specific time, yeah. Okay, question number three. Which... Office reference artist hit the charts in 1984 with Wouldn't It Be Good, which features on the uh, montage with Jonathan Ross and Andy Milman. Office reference. Wouldn't It so Be Good. I know, the song I know. is Wouldn't It Be Good, Wouldn't who is the artist. He's mentioned in the quiz episode. Oh, while, um, you know, Finchie is berating Brent. I was trying to have a good one, yes, but it's like Piccadilly Circus. Look, Kershaw. Correct, Nick Kershaw. Oh, yes. Not Howard Jones, Nick Kershaw. <laughs> yeah, completely different artists. So, that was a bit reading around the subject, I have to admit. Um, question number... Also dropping a massive hit. Yeah, yeah that's to do with narrow it down, isn't it? Question number four. What year was Joe born? I was trying to have a 1994. You're correct, James, yes. <laughs> so you were right you were right level there, so thanks for making that one easy for me. Question number five. Which comedy does Robert Lindsay give as an example of great comedy? Citizen Smith. Citizen Smith, correct. Get it right, because the, obviously the booby trap there was yeah, my Power family. to the People or Freedom for Tooting, which are in fact just catchphrases from the show. Yeah. So... That's what he says there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you weren't thinking... You're, oh, you think they were retired? Your quiz knows think, nothing about comedy. You might comedy. think they were the title of the... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It was actually the first sitcom written by uh, a guy who later went on to write Only Falls and Horses. Ooh. There you go. Question number six. Who has Joe not heard of causing Rob to find his... I was born in 1949, but I know Queen Victoria is. Alan Bleasdale. Alan Bleasdale, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Question number seven. What's the scores? Hang on. Uh, it is James is on three, Jack is on two. Ooh, so everything's still tight. to play for. Only two. Tight. 
Yeah. Uh, question number seven. Uh, oh, oh, I'm on three, he's on two, and they're on question seven. Yeah, because there was one yeah, which we both failed. Oh, yeah, so there was. Yeah. Yeah. Question number seven. Always bloody parallel. I lose a point for answering back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what make is Andy Millman's phone? I was trying to have a quick one, yes, but it's like bloody I can't believe this. Motorola. Well done. How the fuck did you know I that? I can't tell you. I know that because I <laughs> you was... knew it would be a question and you wrote it no, down. No, no, no. That's no. the only way. <laughs> I, was, I was watching Partridge today and it was the bit where he's saying about Dan had a Motorola. you got to upgrade. And then I noticed it when Andy looked at his phone. Yeah. Why did you no, even put that as a question? I don't know. I just, I just so noticed that he had a Motorola. And literally, I thought of it today That's... randomly. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. even thinking about the quiz. I just yeah, noticed yeah. it because of that episode of Partridge. Fuck okay, right. Well, well, that, that seems too coincidental to yeah, me. You two were here before I said that. No, no, no. It's only, only pride to play for now anyway. They just want it. But <laughs> question number eight. What hotel does Darren meet? For the game, his hotel, the Dorchester. Yeah. The Dorchester, yeah. So that's <laughs> James Foot Five, Jack Three. Yeah, yeah, oh, Jack yeah. Two, sorry. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack Two, don't yeah, forget the five two diet. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, that Dominate. concludes our season. So and the winner is <laughs> I want to look at my notebook. <laughs> you don't know who it is. You need to look. We can't just okay, right, leave that okay, open. Right. Right, right, we right. don't have to look right now, but we'll tie up at the end. Look it up at some point and then yeah. send a clip yeah. to Jack with a recording of who it was. So just say so now. No, so. I can literally. Oh. So now the winner was. The winner was. I'm pretty sure the book's just in that drawer. All right. Go just get it. Look it up. I'm hoping the drawer for you. So that's the end of. Series two, basically, we've yeah. we've we've finally managed to get through all of both series of extras. But so now that we're at the end of series two, episode six, we've just got the Christmas special to go. Do you think that this episode is setting up anything to come? Like, obviously, the end of the Office series two, episode six, ends with a lot of loose ends. We've got. Brent's been fired. Well, we know if there's going to be a Christmas special, something's going to have to happen about that. Mm. Tim has been turned down by Dawn. Well, that's not going to, you know, something's going to have to happen with that if there's another Christmas, if there's a Christmas special. But if yeah. there's more story, if there's more to come. At the end of this episode, I feel like they could have just ended it right there. I, oh, well, yeah, no, they could have done, yeah. Well, it's obviously the relationship with Maggie, the relationship with Darren. But it would have felt fairly inconclusive, but yeah. not... I mean, so inconclusive that it it doesn't it's not cliffhanger. No, right? it's not. Basically, the the only thing I was thinking watching it back this time is I suppose, and I don't think I felt like this at the time. I probably just wasn't really thinking about it at the time. It's a different kind of show than The Office. But <laughs> I'm probably just laughing at a sitcom, you know. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be analysing every minute of it for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, entertainment on a Thursday evening. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose if it sets up anything, it's a Christmas special where Andy's gonna he's just gone off he's walked off for his meeting with De Niro so they could have had at least started the Christmas special with him having success maybe he's on a Hollywood film maybe he's had meeting with people in America through his contacts with De Niro De Niro didn't have to be in it but do you know what I mean like there's it feels like there was something that they were setting up which they kind of just don't do it it's almost like it's it's fairly plotless this episode in terms of the big picture because the Christmas special could have, you basically you could take this episode out of the run completely. Yeah, you could. Completely, and the Christmas yeah. episode would still be. Yeah, you could go you. from McKellen, yeah. him at the end of the McKellen episode to. These are all, It would make more sense. In these fact. are all more incidental, aren't they? These yeah. episodes. Because how does just and that's, how and does, that, sorry, man. How does the Christmas special start? What's the opening to the Christmas special? Um, remember? Well, he's, he's in the department store looking at Greg on fourteen screens, isn't he? Yeah. yeah so they could have just gone from, <laughs> from, from when he has the complete 
bottom out with McKellen. That's right. And Greg's and you know, Jim, yeah, well, Greg isn't even in this one. In fact, Greg's, well, this a, is Greg's in it a lot less in the second series. It's isn't such it, a, in I, guess, I think all they bought one. I guess what they were thinking was it's the fine. It's, it's the final episode. It's the final episode of the series, but it's not our very final episode. So we should just kept some of their powder dry. You reckon? Yeah, and also we should kind of just leave people on a bit of a high. We don't want it to be the office. We don't want it to be a downer. We kind of we. It, it, it's a kind of bright, funny. It's essentially, in the end, optimistic sitcom. It's more of a Derek Sun Afterlife preview, almost the way. Yeah, it ends. kind of. I, I, I don't think it, it. I mean, it doesn't go too sentimental or more because that's why I like it. But I think they were thinking, we don't have to end on a downer. We don't have to end on cliffhangers. Let's just end. Why don't? Why not just end with him but, yeah. having a bit, having a bit of a. a, a it does feel a little bit, now that you mention it, a little bit, you know, the fact that there's so much less about it that you could literally take episodes out of the run and you wouldn't know. Particularly this episode. Which is a shame, yeah. really, when you think about it, because a finale, you know, is traditionally pulling all the strings yeah. into one big twist. That's what the end. Christmas special is, though. I guess so. So this is what we said at the very top of this episode recording, right? That they basically have finished the series with one eye on the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think right. so. So, yeah, that, that feels a lot more... And I don't know if... I mean, because we've been talking throughout the run about how, yeah, series two is like... You know, the first episode is... What was it now? Kind of... Like, Orlando Blue. Box. Orlando yeah, Blue, but yeah. it's... So, the... Well, they, they basically have Andy versus the media, Andy yeah, versus yeah. the industry, Andy versus the critics, yeah. Andy versus the public, and this episode kind of doesn't do anything with that. And it almost feels like, I mean, they probably did stumble into that structure accidentally. Andy versus his conscience, maybe. I it's more I like guess, season but... one, where it's all about Andy and Maggie. But, yeah, this is the thing. Maybe. I do like the ending, though, where it kind of, because the, 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 the first episode kind of starts off with them, I mean, what should be the first episode, the Ross Kemp mm. starts off with them, after that, after we see the actual scene from the film, it starts off with him and Aunt, him and Maggie in the lunchroom doing a, oh, you know, what would you, would you rather? Do, would you rather? And this episode ends with a would you rather as they yeah, walk away. It's this the ultimate a, would you rather, isn't yeah, it? It's a, no, I remember they literally do a would you rather as they're walking out of the yeah. hospital. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. literally the ultimate would you rather die alone or, oh, well, yeah, or be yeah. married to me kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is the implication, isn't it? Um, the sad thing is that part of me thinks that Andy would just take the die alone option. <laughs> well, no, but he wouldn't, as we've seen. He chose her. That's the kind of, and Not romantically, yeah, but he's kind of chosen her that's kind of no. what the point of his episode is isn't it the ending mm. I think I mean that's not the final word though on the episode the final <laughs> yeah, yeah. is Robert Lindsay one last bite of the cherry <laughs> comes back in with my family DVDs okay, you know not getting a bad reveal for Bouncer she's getting a bad reveal for Nurse <laughs> yeah but <laughs> <laughs> that edgy stuff on Channel 4 <laughs> no, 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 Channel 4 no, BBC 2 yeah, of course yeah. but it is a great little button on the episode it's almost yeah. self-referential as well because yeah family uh, I was about to call it family uh, my family was on BBC 1 and X was on BBC 2 at the time Yeah, very deliberately didn't want to be off BBC Two for that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good, good, good episode. Not the best in terms of finales, but uh, like we say, I think it has. It was. It, a it's finale, a precursor. Yeah. It's a precursor to. It was a semi. Yeah, it's a semi final. Semi. Yeah. I mean, it's generally though. I mean, most of extras. Most of extras is just like. As we've said before, there's less to analyse about it, even though we've done a bloody good job of it, I'd say, over the last like two bloody, series. Bloody repeats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of, it, it is just, it's just there to be funny. The purpose of it is to be funny. It's not kind of trying to analyse the human condition like yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It's not saying anything particularly meaningful. It's just, this is funny. Here's a situation, here's characters in a situation. And there's, like we've said, there's certain mm. scenes where it literally is just, this is a sitcom scene that has nothing to do with any kind of story. Mm. So, 
in the end, yeah, it was a funny episode. There was funny bits. Robert Lindsay was very funny. I, I think, laughed yeah, when he was hanging out with This was probably, for the longest time, one of my favourite episodes. It probably still is. Between this one and the Ian McKellen one, I just... Yeah, it, does, it doesn't have to be that deep, though. Sometimes no, it, yeah, it, well, it's just funny. It's bored in that is, sense. It's whatever I'm analysing this week that I've noticed that. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's a Matt Stone and Trey Parker joke that they used to do on all their DVD commentary. Yeah, yeah. Every episode, they'd say, oh, guys, this is my favourite episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what is my favourite episode of Exodus, actually? I'll have to think I, about I, it. I, when, I, we, when we meet I up for the Christmas still, one. I still think Les Dennis I think maybe Les Dennis. I think maybe Les Dennis. Although the Ross Kemp one really impressed me, actually, yeah. when we watched it back. Oh, I love that episode. I, yeah. still, I still really like the Steve Spears one. I know, not, I know it's not a popular choice. It is a popular choice. That's probably one of the most popular choices just for, in the series one. For sheer social awkwardness. Yeah. Just unbeatable. Yeah. And the graveyard scene. Just yeah, <laughs> This is the thing, there's no like It's not your mother's grave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my leave it. But yeah, but none of them are bad. No. None of them are like they've all got funny moments in them, that's the whole that's why we still and watch it. To be fair, I've had such a great time talking them through as well. It's from my kind yeah. of maybe remember them and, and to be honest, we've had so many great opportunities to talk to cast members. Like yeah, yeah. Steve Spears, Barry, you know, Rebecca Gettings. Yeah, it was ages ago, but it's kind of I'm just so proud to have been able to talk to them, mate, because I've, I've loved this yeah. show for so long. And I think it's important to keep the memory going, because I've noticed a very disturbing yeah. trend lately with all the afterlife, you know, glorifying. Keep, keep the dream alive. Is that, you know, people just say, oh, Ricky's a base creator of afterlife, Derek in the office. It's been erased from history. Well, even the office has kind of been erased. Like, the, the amount nah. of... I mean, to an extent. Yeah, to, to, to new, <laughs> yeah. open the door to new, Honestly, if you look at the people talking <laughs> about afterlife, they don't... They've either just found out about Gervais through Afterlife. Oh, and that's, or, that's the tragedy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. They've just pretty, they pretty much just found out about Gervais through Afterlife. And even Gervais is kind of, uh, to an extent, kind of seeming to disown The Office, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Well, he's, 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 he's said that his favourite thing he's done is Afterlife. He would say that, though. He's, it's kind of, he's pr- pr- promoting it. Hey, yeah. let's not complain. He was good enough to come on this <laughs> no, podcast no, 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 and listen, talk to us about listen. it. And, and he was very proud of it. And still I'm not yeah. talking about Ricky Gervais, though. I'm just talking about the, the, I'm talking about the legacy of these shows. Yeah. It, it does concern me a bit that Extras is just being written out of history. And I think maybe in the sort of woke world that we live in now, there's no place for a show oh, like Extras. I think it's more just that... No, I think it is. I genuinely think it's more just that like we've said he it kind of doesn't have anything to say about anything and it's and it's it's also in a lot of people's minds it's so much about those celebrity guests who they're kind of celebrities they kind of come and go don't they like people young people that's like, true it's other time t- isn't it 25 year olds do they even know who Kate Winslet is has she had a hit in the last 15 years yeah. not really it's you a know, really good point who else Orlando it, Bloom he's, he's 25 out of it 25 year olds didn't know Les Dennis was them that's such a know. good point because this, <laughs> <laughs> unlike the office we did though we did know who Les Dennis was but that's such a good point because the, oh, it's, it's, in the, it's, <laughs> it's, it's in the DNA of, of, of the show that it's of a, a period piece right it's yeah, of a very yeah, specific yeah. time therefore by definition people will forget these people and if you're basically the jokes are about who they are then that will be that will fade away whereas the office is fundamentally about yeah. everybody I still think like you know it's the interpersonal dynamics in it are still yeah of course timeless, but it helps it? to know who they are it's like, it's like it's like you say curb enthusiasm you know in 20 years no one will know who yeah but that's different that, 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 yeah, that's less, different that's that, not about the celebrities it's not about I don't know. We've been saying it's a similar Extras kind isn't of, about the celebrities, but, but again, it's, it's it's a similar kind of comedy. It's like you know, mm. just really crazy setups and just cringe. Yeah, but I also think. What do I think about that? <laughs> and, and they are. They're I celebrities. think. <laughs> even, even I'm gonna get back to you. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you about you on that. But there's a reason why. Well, it's it's just because it's kind of 
it's 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 darker and it's more about yeah. it's Larry David is much more of a a Brent than he is a Millman. Yeah. Even though because just things keep going wrong for him and wrong for him and extras flirts with that, it almost gets there. Mm. But when it given it has episodes like this where it just kind yeah. of gives Andy everything he yeah. wants. If they kept on doing things like what happens at the end of the McKellen episode, yeah, that would kind of. I genuinely think it would be more. I think the way it ends in the Christmas special, because it was so happy and it's kind of yeah. unearned, that it's like the end of Game of Thrones. Like you got to get in with the ending, and I think the ending of the Christmas special, because it's kind of like it's an unearned kind of optimistic happiness, happy ending. Yeah, because they, they could doesn't have... doesn't let d- what doesn't... do you mean by unearned? They they could have just gone really dark after the McKellen episode, couldn't they? Could have yeah. just made what... it get worse and worse, and him lose his sitcom, and you know end up back as an extra. And but what do, I you, think, what yeah. do you mean by I un- think, unearned? I, I mean, but they didn't go around that. Route. I mean that so say with the office, right? Everyone absolutely fell in love with those characters, and they were just waiting to see Gervais, uh, uh, Brent have some kind of a happy ending, yeah. have some kind of redemption, and for Tim and Dawn to get together. Yeah. And so, and they, and they kind of, did, they did it so well, the interpersonal dynamics, the kind of, the characterisation was so kind of perfect. So through the tension, they've earned it. That by the time it got to the end of a Christmas special, you really wanted that. And because of, just because of what extras is, it's a kind of, a, it's a more of a broad comedy. Yeah. Those characters aren't so kind of like, kind of, clearly drawn I mean you've got silly characters like Barry and the agent so when it gets to the end and Millman kind of has his big kind of epiphany and his kind of emotional speech it's kind of it, it, number one, I, I, my memory is it kind of comes out of nowhere and also because it hasn't been that kind of show up to that to, yeah. to have him have his big epiphany and then kind of get together with Maggie at the end and they ride off into the sunset it kind of it's like yeah okay because it's the end of the show I get it but it didn't kind of it did it wasn't kind of just naturally going there. It wasn't I no okay. I'm saying for the next episode. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like. Yeah. All right, <laughs> <let's> <laughs> maybe, we'll, we'll maybe, maybe I'll change my mind. But we'll park that there. But but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I kind of feel but like. And, anyway, so, so sorry, my, but my point was going to be that because of that kind of, it's a bit of a kind of um, a sugary sentimental ending that kind of doesn't quite sit right. I think that the show as a whole then kind of became less rewatchable, maybe or less kind of like. I think the legacy of the show kind of wasn't as um, mm. secure. Whereas with The Office, as soon as that finale, the end of that finale hit, everyone was like, that is a classic ending. That, that kind of classic. Just, that, it, it wasn't classic. <laughs> true, but and it's, it kind it's, of stuck the landing so well. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's the second album thing. I mean, imagine trying to live up the rest of your career to The Office. It's, well, yeah. it, it, what a millstone that is, really, well, yeah, for any yeah, writer. Yeah. I mean, Andy it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, you know... <laughs> this, by any other standard, is a is a cracking show, right? And it is a cracking yeah, no, show, no, it is, right? it is, but it's absolutely. just it's hard it's it's hard and it's borderline unfair to continually compare. I'm just to the trying audience. to. I mean, that, I mean, what I just said, isn't it? I, I was just trying to kind of make, consider, in a stream of consciousness, why. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Why it just hasn't lasted? But, well, I'm not sort of, why it hasn't kind of lasted? I'm not saying it's unfair of you to do it because everybody does it. Yeah, and this is the problem. People do it with all of their work, yeah. right? And it, and it is. It's, it happens with bands all the time. I mean, it's understandable that they don't go around talking about The Office either all the time because it's something they did 20 years ago. And yeah. they're probably aware that by comparison it's better than everything else they've ever done, regardless of what they say on Twitter. Yeah. You know? So it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, good. it's good to freshen things out, but yeah, I, I just prefer an office. <laughs> good night. I prefer an office. <laughs>